Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash am I the jerk here video. Today, we've got some tough, hard-hitting questions. And our first story of the day is from UpbeatFix4061. Am I the jerk for telling my father-in-law he can starve if he wants because I didn't care? My husband and I, both 26, recently hosted a family dinner to announce our pregnancy. It's important to add that my husband doesn't have a close relationship with his father, but we keep him around because he still has three minor siblings that we love and care for. My father-in-law is the type of person that still thinks women should serve men at dining times. Like, he has to be served first because he's the breadwinner and crap like that. We usually don't care since we mostly ignore them. However, this time my family was present, and we consider he screwed around and found out. My dad is my favorite person in the world. My mom died when I was little, and my dad took care of my older sister and I. They're the only family I have left. At dinner, both my husband and I cooked things we knew both of our families would like. The first issue started when father-in-law tried to sit at one of the heads of the tables, and my husband said no, he sat at one and I sat at the other. Me with my father and sister to either side, and him with his brothers, so father-in-law was kind of in the middle and he didn't like it. The second problem and the cause of all of this is that everyone was kind of serving themselves, and he struggles when holding spoons, forks, and such. My sister bought him a Parkinson-friendly cutlery set that he brings around, but a big spoon for serving is still hard for him, so he offered to serve him his plate while my sister served him his drink, and then we all sat to eat and chat. Three or four minutes after that, my father-in-law asks out loud, Is no one gonna serve me my plate? And my husband looks at him confused and says, No, we don't do that here. And my mother-in-law just gets up in a hurry and takes his plate, but my father-in-law says no and that the hostess did it for her father so she can do it for me. And I say, Yes, my father who has an injured hand. You're fine. He says that he won't eat then. And I just shrugged and said that he could starve and I didn't care. He leaves with my mother-in-law, and while everyone agrees with me, my own father said that it was a disrespectful thing to say, and I should apologize for the way I did it. So am I the jerk? Could OP have been a little bit nicer? Probably. Did they owe it to them to be nicer? No. When the father-in-law says here, well I'll just not eat then, and OP repeatedly replies with, okay don't, I don't care. Is it justified to say that? Is that a good response to what the father-in-law was trying to pull here? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Throwaway R0. Am I the jerk for not buying my daughter concert tickets? My 16-year-old daughter Riley really does not like one of her teachers, Miss A. This was a bit surprising to me as the teacher has a very good reputation and has helped out so many kids in bad situations and is just a generally nice person but my daughter hates her. 
She'll rant about how annoying she is for ages, but she's never given an actual reason. I tell her that she's allowed to rant and all that, but don't say these things to her face and try not to go too far either. I hated some teachers during my childhood that I now respect and understand, so I really didn't think it was a major issue. Well, I got a call from Riley while she was at school, and she was begging me to pick her up. I arrived immediately, but she refused to tell me what happened. She did crack eventually, though. She told me that Miss A was having a conversation with another student, and she mentioned one of her son's names, so Riley quickly looked them up on social media and went up to her teacher and asked if he was her son. Miss A said yes, hesitantly apparently, and then Riley started laughing and said some really mean things about her son. To be specific, she called him anorexic and skeleton-like. Turns out the boy did have anorexia. Miss A got really upset and asked her to please work in the library for the remainder of the period. I was horrified and it was clear that my daughter was feeling apologetic, but Jesus Christ, this was insanely disrespectful. I told Riley that she was grounded and that she needed to apologize to Miss A immediately. I then told her that I wouldn't be buying her concert tickets. She got really upset and was all like, how was I supposed to know? But that just makes me more upset because it would still be wrong even if he wasn't anorexic. She cried and cried about the concert and called me really mean. My husband thinks the grounding is fine, but the concert tickets are overdoing it. He thinks that it probably isn't a huge deal because Miss A just sent Riley to the library and didn't send her to the office or anything and I'm doing too much. I don't know, am I the jerk? I think OP's not the jerk here. I think even after everything, it's clear that the daughter doesn't even feel that remorseful for it. They're saying, how was I supposed to know? They don't understand that what they did was wrong. I've known people who've dealt with similar conditions, and it's not a joke. It's not funny to go around saying that stuff. I would say honestly keep it up until they apologize, and a genuine apology at that. Until they realize they legitimately screwed up here. Our next story is from Jobsite AITA. Am I the jerk for firing an employee for driving his personal vehicle to job sites? I own and operate my own contracting company. I've been in business for almost a decade now and have almost 50 people working for me. I usually ask that my coworkers drive to the office in the morning and take company vans or trucks to job sites, but I understand that it isn't always the easiest option for people, so I do allow them to drive personal vehicles to job sites if they need to. However, there's been this one guy, Steve, who I've gotten a few complaints about from customers. Steve drives a big, lifted, customized truck. It's a nice truck and I know he takes a lot of pride in it, but the thing is covered in political stickers. Now, if you work for me, I don't care what your political views are as long as you're good at your job. And Steve's been with me for about five years now and he's good at what he does. He's knowledgeable and efficient and overall has been a quality employee. But Steve's been driving his truck to job sites pretty regularly because his kids are in daycare and it's easier for him to drop them off in the morning and then go directly to a job rather than to the office. We've talked about this and I approved it to make it easier for him. Normally this wouldn't be an issue for me, but the last three customers that Steve was working with complained to me that he was parking his truck in front of their houses and they weren't comfortable with the political messaging on his truck. The last one even took pictures of his truck and posted it to social media and tagged my company on it. 
I had a talk with Steve about driving his truck to jobs and told him that he's going to need to come to the office in the morning and take a company vehicle. He complained about the hassle of dropping off his kids and I told him he's going to need to figure that out, but for now, I want him to leave his truck at the office as it's causing me and the company headaches. He complied for the rest of that last job, but when we started a new one last week, he started driving his own truck again. Sure enough, three days into the job, I got complaints from the customer about Steve's truck. I had another talk with Steve and told him that this was no longer negotiable and that I'm requiring him to take a company vehicle. He accused me of discriminating against him and it turned into a heated argument. We both said some harsh things and I eventually told him he was fired. He's since posted a lot of negative stuff on social media about me and my company. He's also talked to a lot of my employees and some of them have taken his side and think I was wrong to fire him. I've had to hold a company-wide meeting about this and I've revoked the option to drive personal vehicles to jobs and now require everyone to take company vehicles, no exceptions. Now I have people pissed off at me for taking away that option when they never got complaints. So maybe I'll have to revisit that idea, but I don't think I was a jerk for firing Steve. The bottom line is you're the boss, it's your call here, they didn't respect that and were trying to be argumentative, it wasn't going to work out. Now as far as the making everybody have to take a company vehicle, I do think that's not a good move. I think you should have some kind of like one, two strike type policy. If people complain and it seems to be a problem, then enforce it for that person. Any guesses as to what those stickers are? By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is from Affectionate Ad 8770. Am I the jerk for not forgiving my parents when they tried to force institutionalize me? I, 42-year-old female, started having very severe panic attacks. I'm talking loud, long, messy panic attacks. My husband and I have been married for 19 years and have three children, 18, 17, and 13 at the time. It was obviously very difficult for all of us. January 2021, I went on disability and entered into an intensive outpatient program to help sort out why I was having these panic attacks and how to prevent them, and spent 12 weeks in the program. I was trying to do right by my family and do what was best for me. My intensive outpatient program ended on Thursday, April 29th, and my husband and my dad asked me if I was better. I was caught off guard by this as I was still processing what I went through in my program and protectively replied, no, I wasn't ready to share how I felt. On Monday, May 3rd, my husband told me I either needed to go to our cabin for a week or be institutionalized and that my father and mother would back him and they would kick me out of the house. We rent from my parents if I didn't go. I was understandably confused as freak, even more so when I called my father in tears to confirm this. Apparently they thought I was bipolar, but that's no excuse, especially as I was being very closely monitored by medical professionals. After an hour of driving, I had to pull over as I was hysterical. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 
Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. It took my BFF, who's an MD, to convince my husband that not only was this not okay, but there wouldn't even be a program that would take me as I certainly wasn't a threat to myself or others. This whole thing was driven by my mother. My husband really, really doesn't understand much about mental health or anything medical. I was mortified, but I went home. During this time, my hand had been going numb, on and off, but I figured it was due to the stress of the situation. On Friday, May 7th, my whole arm went dead due to stroke. It turns out I had a disease in my carotid arteries, but the stressful event pushed my brain over the edge, so to speak, causing the stroke. I told my extended family, brothers, and parents about the stroke over Zoom, as I was still emotionally gutted by their attempt to force institutionalize me. I told them that they weren't welcome in my house for the time being, as their presence was highly triggering after what they did. My husband feels horrible about what happened, entered therapy, and has made a lot of progress. My parents, on the other hand, refused to apologize, as they only had good intentions, which is very hurtful and have repeatedly said that they aren't sorry they did it. My brothers all think that I'm the jerk, as I won't forgive my parents and let it go, so the family can all hang out again. I don't feel safe when I'm with any of them anymore. I really can't see how I'm the jerk. So, please, I want honest opinions. Am I the jerk? Should I just let this go? Now, I bet a million dollars that OP's parents would love for OP to let this go, but that is insane what they tried to pull. This isn't some, like, dark 1940s lobotomy institution. Did they really think they could just find some place with white padded walls they could just hand you off to and they would take you right in, lock you up, and hope your brain figures itself out? Did they really think they were in any right to try to force you into that? Threaten to kick you out of the house? They only had good intentions. They basically try to imprison you. Our next story is from a estranged bro throw. Am I the jerk for going to a family wedding? My brother wasn't invited. I'm four years older than my brother Mark. I never got myself into trouble and was always a great student. I graduated and found myself a great job, a loving wife, and all I've dreamed of. Mark's doing good all things considered, but he sure went the long way. When he got to high school, he would constantly hang out with the wrong crowds and got himself in trouble very often. He barely graduated, and after that, his life went off the deep end. He flunked college, only got himself dead-end jobs, and only got by with mine and my mother's help. He also got himself into drugs, though I don't know how bad. Still, all things considered, he was always a very good person. Honest, and he never made excuses for himself. He was just lazy and had no direction in life. During this time, he was our extended family's black sheep, especially from our mother's side, our Aunt Mary especially. Mary's very cool but does act a bit pretentious. Her kids worshipped Mark, and when the stories about his life started going around, 
Half of them are lies. She started putting some distance, but would talk to Mark the same as me when we met. Eventually, Mark turned his life around. I don't know what happened, but I know it was really bad. Long story short, he got himself clean. One year after that, he was unrecognizable. He was happy, extroverted, and pretty much left his old life behind. After eight years, he was engaged with a job and a future. Our family knows of this and they're happy for him. Unfortunately, Mary never abandoned her old views. She occasionally puts him down because he never went to college and doesn't respect his job. Every time I visit, she likes to show me off as her lawyer nephew, but she never invites him or even mentions him. As far as her friends know, my mother only has one son. Mark knows this and it hurts him. Two years ago, Mary's daughter got married and they planned this huge wedding. Both me, my wife, and my mother got invited, but not Mark. We didn't know how to handle this. We asked Mary's daughter why Mark was left out, and she admitted that her mother didn't want him there because it would make them look bad. We decided to go without telling him so he wouldn't get hurt. He was never even aware Mary's daughter was getting married. Of course, eventually he found out when he saw pictures on social media. He was absolutely crushed. He confronted us and said that if we were family, we should have refused to go without him. I disagreed. We fought and he went non-contact. To this day, my mother feels guilty about it. This was two years ago. A couple of weeks ago, my mother found out that Mark just had a kid and it introduced them to our other uncles. She was very hurt since she never even knew his partner was pregnant. She asked him why he didn't tell us about his child. His answer is, I love son. I'll always be there for him, no matter what. I won't expose him to a family that'll feel ashamed of him and turn him into a pariah because of some stupid choices. This guy turned his life around and nobody in this family is willing to stand up for them. They had a rocky past and they overcame that. And nobody's willing to go at bat for him? And then he goes no contact for two years and then that's when you ask if you're the jerk? I think it's pretty clear OP is the jerk in the situation. And I'm willing to bet that OP's in a situation where if they could go back a couple years and go at bat for their own brother, I'm willing to bet they wish they could. This next story is from an anonymous poster. Am I the jerk for not giving up my parking spot for my downstairs neighbor? Even though I don't have a car? I moved into a house with three apartments, upstairs people, me on the main floor, and basement girl. There's only two parking spots which belong to the upstairs people and me. Landlord said basement girl doesn't have a parking spot. The parking spot is part of my rent. I don't have a car, so that spot goes unused, mostly except when I have friends over, or if they stay with me on the weekend, then they use my spot. Basement girl, I guess, got a car now, and she's been parking on the street, but she needs to move her car every few hours to avoid a ticket. I guess she asked landlord if she can have my parking spot since I don't use it. Landlord asked me, and I said I can give her the spot if there's a reduce on my rent. He said no to that, so I said, no, sorry then, it's my spot. Apparently this really pissed the basement girl off, and she left a note on my door saying how she needs the spot, and I don't need it so give it to her blah blah blah. I ignored the note. I told my friend this and she said the friendly thing to do would be to give up my spot and now I'm just seen as the jerk neighbor. So am I the jerk? I mean although the times you do use it are very rare, you are paying for that spot. 
And I have a feeling that the moment you concede to letting Basement Girl park there is the moment they're going to try to walk all over you and that parking spot. So I don't blame OP for holding steadfast. If anything, Basement Girl should go complain to the landlord more for refusing to reduce the rent so they could have that spot. Or even better, rent it to the Basement Girl yourself. Just put a nice little payday on it. Our next story is from Opening Patience 4049. Am I the jerk for refusing to go to my stepmom's home country for holiday as a gay person? They don't have the best LGBT rights record. I'm 16 and openly gay. My stepmom herself is cool and I like her, but she's from a country known for their poor treatment of LGBT individuals. I won't name the country to avoid controversy, just that if you go read those articles that say worst ex countries for LGBT rights, her country is always there. Of course, this isn't my stepmom's problem or responsibility. She's cool and not at all homophobic. She wants us to visit her country and her family for Christmas for two weeks. When she brought up the idea, I told her that I'm not comfortable coming, but I'm also not saying they shouldn't go. We'll just need to plan something different for me, like staying with my uncle or grandparents, which I'm happy to do. She suggested that I'm overreacting and I'll be safe there, as there's lots of gay people living there. I'm sure it's true, but I don't understand the language, the norms, and I don't know how to keep myself safe, so it's better to not risk it. She's been offended that I don't want to visit and meet her family, and says she's disappointed in me that I won't do it for her, and she says she's sure I'll have a great time there. But in reality, even if nothing happens, I will always fear of what could happen, so it'll be stressful. She also says her family will be hurt as well if I don't go. They'll perceive it as me not considering them worthy to visit them, which is obviously not the case. And she'll be embarrassed. Anyways, my dad says he agrees that I shouldn't go if I don't want to, but also tells me that he understands why stepmom feels hurt by this and has taken it personally. So I'm wondering if I may be the jerk for selfishly only thinking about myself without giving much thought about how it makes my stepmom feel and the appearance that it gives to her family. I'm of the opinion that if you are fearful for your life, you shouldn't be forced to go somewhere where you feel like you might be attacked. I feel like the stepmom knows that wherever it is that they're going to be staying is probably a safe area and that the concerns are overblown once they get to that spot. But I mean, you just never know what could happen in a country that apparently is very hostile to something that OP can't even control. I think OP's not the jerk. Our next story is from Yay Chocolate. Am I the jerk for expecting my partner to let my dog out while he was on a staycation? So I accept your judgment. My 36-year-old female, partner Tommy, 36-year-old male, was home on staycation last week, Monday through Wednesday, meaning he's had five days off. He was home all day and maybe left the house once or twice to get himself some food, but that was it. I have a dog, Spud, I got before we got together. They adore each other and it's really sweet. Since Spud's my dog, all of his care and bills are my responsibility. I would never, ever ask or expect Tommy to ever care for him in any way, normally. Tommy literally does nothing to care for my dog aside from snuggle, but that's a two-way street. Anyway, since Spud's normally home alone for about 9 hours each day, I do things to keep him occupied. He normally sleeps, but still. Like hide treats for him to find before I leave, have a feeder ball out, leave the blinds up so he can people watch, the pond and the walking trail at our apartment, 
check in via Blink, leave a YouTube dog channel on, you get it. Sometimes I also come home during lunch to let him out and snuggle. I wanted to hire a dog walker, but Tommy said absolutely not since he's scared we'll get our stuff stolen. Since Tommy was home though, I thought he would be nice enough to take him out in the middle of the day to let him pee. He didn't on Monday and I brought it up and he said, no I won't because then he'll expect it. Like what the freak? Tommy thinks because Spud can control himself no problem for 12 hours if necessary. Happened before we got together when a pet sitter didn't pull through and didn't tell me until I'd already paid and left for my day trip. Yes, I got a refund and Spud was okay, but still not ideal. He didn't want to spoil him by letting him out during the day. I told him he didn't need a full walk, but a couple minutes to pee on the lawn would make him feel better. He wouldn't even have to have stepped more than 10 feet away from the apartment door. I reminded him on weekends he gets walked and let out a lot more and is still fine during the week, but Tommy still insisted he didn't care and said I was acting like a jerk about it. No, I didn't yell or get dramatic. Spud is my dog after all, but am I wrong for hoping Tommy would help him out and just let him out for two minutes to pee? No, I don't think Opie's the jerk here, and God forbid you want to have the dog get a little bit of extra care. And I hate the whole argument of, well, he's your dog, so that excuses my laziness of not wanting to create any kind of routine or expectation of caring for this animal, although I'll gladly take things from it in the form of love and snuggles. Our next story is from Thickfish5054. Am I the jerk for refusing to look after my little brother for a week? So I, 19-year-old female, have two brothers, 17 and 5 years old. Ever since the youngest was born, I've been expected to look after him quite a lot. I usually don't mind, but I do feel like a free nanny sometimes. My parents make it seem like he's my responsibility. My mom often yells that no one helps her with James, my 5-year-old brother, and I should take care of him more. My father's away a lot because of his work, sometimes even weeks. This September, I'm starting uni. I have my own apartment that I'll move into this weekend. You should note that my parents have said to me multiple times these past few years that they can't wait until I move out because I'm so lazy in their opinion and never help out. So next week is orientation week for my uni. The uni's in my hometown, so I'm not moving far, just getting my own place. The orientation week is super important for getting to know the people you'll spend the next few years with. It's also important to attend because all the important info will be given during this week. My schedule's quite packed for the whole week. Days start at 10am and continue till late night. The problem is that both my parents have important work stuff next week as well. My mom's flying abroad for work and dad's away the whole week as well. My parents said to me that they expect me to take James to and from daycare and spend the evenings with him, feed and bathe him, and put him to bed. I told them that this won't be possible because of my uni schedule, but I can take him to daycare, and depending on schedule, help out. I reminded them that my 17-year-old brother is also capable of helping out. Since he's still living with them and doesn't have such a packed schedule that week and has more time to help out. My parents said that this won't be possible since my brother has to focus on his high school studies and is too young. Note that I would take care of James for whole weekends since I was 14 years old. I don't want to be difficult, but what my parents are asking from me is too much. They got really angry at me when I explained the situation. 
and told me that I shouldn't ask them for help ever again because they won't give me any. They're not offering me any money either for taking care of a five-year-old for an entire week whilst pushing all my important things aside. I know for a fact they sometimes give my other brother money for helping out, but never offer it to me. I feel like they're in the wrong here, but I might not see things that clearly. So, am I the jerk? So in this situation, I think OP is very clearly not the jerk, and the parents are very used to just taking advantage of their kids. They just want to push it off on OP, make everything OP's problem, give them nothing to work with, not even like monetary compensation. Just put all of your life on hold, take care of our kid, make it work, and also if you want anything from us, get bent. OP's not the jerk. And our final story of the day is from Throwaway66297. Am I the jerk for asking about my share of inheritance? I, 32-year-old female, am the eldest child in a family of eight. Dad, mom, two brothers, 17, 25, and three sisters, 29, 27, and 15. Our parents told me I was adopted when I was 10. All my siblings knew I was adopted, but I was never treated any differently, and I had never felt like I wasn't a part of the family. Some years ago, Grandma, Mom's mom, passed away in her sleep very suddenly without a will. As a result, Mom had a lot of trouble with her siblings when it comes to splitting assets. It took three years for everything to settle down, after which Mom told us she'll be drawing up a will to prevent the same thing from happening. Mom came home from the lawyers beaming, saying everything's settled. We were like, okay, great, but in her excitement, she started telling us who's getting what. My 29-year-old sister told her she doesn't have to tell because it's awkward, but mom says she doesn't want any surprises and wants us to know in no uncertain terms as to what we're getting so we don't fight and contest the will because it's final. After she finished rattling off the list, my siblings and I realized that I'd been left out of it. So my 25-year-old brother asked what I'm getting. Mom stopped smiling and asked me if that's what I'd asked my brother to say. I said no I didn't, but... I too am wondering why I wasn't mentioned. I don't know what happened, but something seemed to snap in her after I said that. She told me that I shouldn't be greedy and should be grateful that she raised me because who knows where I could be and what I'm doing otherwise. I was hurt and told her that it wasn't really about the money, but leaving me out of her will was clearly hurtful. And if she had really seen me as her child, she wouldn't have left me out and said all those awful things. Mom reiterated that the will's final, and then excused herself. I left shortly after, but my 15-year-old sis told me that mom didn't come out of her room until the next day. I tried to resume things as it were, but her speech and text messages to me had become short and curt and she no longer calls. We used to call each other regularly. Dad told me that I shouldn't have been rude and disrespectful to mom, that I broke her heart and should apologize. I told him what happened, and he said her money, her decision, and that I shouldn't have challenged her. I didn't want to argue, so I said nothing. My siblings have been trying to talk to mom and dad about this, but it seems to only make them unhappier. Dad accused me of turning my siblings against them. I haven't visited my parents since the incident with my mom, about three weeks ago, and we adult kids usually visit every week if nothing comes up. Am I the jerk for asking about my share of inheritance? which basically challenges my mom's right to her money and assets and for causing this conflict. I think OP's not the jerk here. The thing is, is the mom is the one rattling things off and they walk through everything 
OP's present, OP didn't get named, OP's their kid, I think it's a fair question to ask. The mom's true feelings clearly got exposed here, and they're just totally in denial defense mode. I just feel bad for OP. A story from anonymous user 13Q, am I the jerk for calling the police on my husband after I found out that he's hiding my son's motorcycle? I got my son a 7,000 motorcycle for his 18th birthday this past June. My son is obsessed with automobiles and loves motorcycles. In his room, he has plenty of models and posters of motorcycles of all types. His bio dad passed away when he was just 12. Now I'm married to my current husband and he has kids of his own. My husband's always been against my son's interest in motorcycles. He thinks I'm encouraging him to be reckless, distracting him from school and by extension his future and spoiling him and blowing away money by spending 7000 on a motorcycle. This has caused some tension between him and my son, so I told him to stop complaining about it. Around two weeks ago, my son's motorcycle went missing. We opened a police report, but nothing came out of it. It just disappeared. My husband had a smirk on his face the entire time, just walking around saying, I told you so, you just wasted your money. This was unbearable to hear, to be quite honest. My mother-in-law visited a few days ago. She was talking about the other house my husband owns and mentioned seeing a motorcycle, one that's similar to the one that we lost in my husband's garage while she was cleaning it. She goes to clean that house weekly even though it's empty. My husband plans on giving it to his kids as inheritance. I was puzzled. I asked if she was certain, but she showed me a photo she took of it, which confirmed it was indeed my son's motorcycle. I immediately rushed to call and confront my husband about it. He admitted that he took it and hid the motorcycle in his garage as a last resort after me and his stepson kept brushing him and his thoughts off about the 7000 being spent on something unnecessary and that could cause issues. I blew up at him, demanding he return it. He refused and told me that he had been considering selling it and giving the money back to me so I could use it wisely this time. I told him I was serious and that I'd call the police. He literally said, This is a family matter and cops can't do crap about it. I had enough. I called the cops as soon as I ended the call with him. The motorcycle was found and returned, but my husband had to be taken in since there was an open file about the motorcycle going missing. He was let go eventually, but he was livid with me. He came home yelling about how awful what I did was and how crazy my behavior was. I refused to engage in the argument, but he told his entire family about it, and they judged me for calling the police on my own husband even though I'd already asked him to return it. He said he was just looking out for my son, and that one day we'll realize that he was right, but only when it's too late. My son isn't speaking to me or my husband. I feel horrible about the situation, and I'm starting to think I handled this the wrong way. Personally, I feel like OP is not the jerk, and I feel like in no way should they be bullied into accepting that what the husband did here was right, let alone the fact that you went and bought this yourself, and they were considering trying to sell something that I don't know if they have the right to even sell. Is their name on the title? Were they going to just try to sell it without a title? It sounds like to me that this guy has some serious control issues. If you were in a relationship like this, Would divorce be weighing heavy on your mind? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Sister Feud 1927. Am I the jerk for telling my sister, I hope she never has kids? I'm 22 year old female. I have three year old twin boys and I had a baby girl not even two days ago. 
My sister Jody is 34 and has been suffering with infertility for the past 10 years, as well as repeated miscarriages. I used to feel really bad for her and also a bit guilty as I got pregnant twice while being on contraception. It caused some tension between us when I was pregnant with my twins because she was jealous and I was already feeling intense guilt. This time around she wasn't as jealous but I still felt it was unfair. As my husband and I have decided we're done having kids, I offer to be a surrogate for my sister as soon as I'm cleared after this baby and she seemed like she was absolutely over the moon with that. In turn, she offered to watch the twins while I was in labor with my new baby, which was a relief on my part. I went into labor on Thursday morning, and Jody came over to watch the kids while my husband and I went to the hospital. She seemed like she was in a great mood and promptly rushed us out the door. Everything seemed fine, until we got home this morning to find thousands worth of destruction to pretty much every baby item we've purchased. Even the crib mattress was torn open. Everything was ruined. Jody tried to pin it on the twins, but they're three. And this level of destruction had to have been done by an adult. My twins can't even reach some of the stuff that was destroyed, and they certainly do not know how to open diaper packages and tear them apart. I know kids, especially toddlers, can do a lot of damage in a short time, but I also know my children aren't capable of doing what happened. I told my sister to get the freak out of my home and stay away from me and my family. I got really angry and I said a lot of stuff I shouldn't have, but one of them was, I hope you never have a child, and if you do then I'll tell it exactly what you've done to mine. I told her we can't afford to fix the damage she's caused, but since she still denies it, she won't cough up. I told her because of her, the baby doesn't even have a safe space to sleep. My parents caught a wind of what I said, and even after I explained the situation, they still think I'm being a jerk for saying something so vile to my sister. After all, she's done for us. Obviously, my judgment is clouded, so am I a jerk? Anybody that's capable of lashing out like that emotionally because of unfounded emotions that are personally just their problem, that being sheer jealousy, I honestly agree with OP. They probably should not be having kids. I wouldn't exactly put somebody who went and did all this to their own sister very high on the ranking of seems like they'd be a good parent. What do you guys think? Is this just too far? Did OP cross a line here? Personally, I don't think so, but I'd like to know what you guys think. Our next story is from Left Kaleidoscope 109. Am I the jerk for smoking in my backyard? I, female 27, live in a house with my husband. I'm a heavy smoker, but I don't smoke in the house because my husband doesn't like the smell, and I don't want him breathing secondhand smoke. He's a non-smoker. I usually smoke cigs in our backyard. One of our neighbors slid a passive-aggressive note through our letterbox last week, saying something along the lines of, My children just wanted to play in our backyard. Thanks for exposing them to cancer. I hope you're happy. I had no idea which neighbor this was. None of our neighbors had talked to us about this. I decided to ignore the note and continue to smoke in my backyard. Then four days ago, one of our neighbors knocked on our door and complained and said I shouldn't smoke in my backyard because their kids play in their backyard. I think my neighbor's being unreasonable. Our backyards are pretty large, and I smoke right in the center of my backyard so the smoke has more space to disperse. I think my neighbor's only complaining because they can see me smoking over our fence. Am I the jerk? 
I feel like maybe they would have a case if this was like apartment living and you're smoking literally right below or on top of them or like a motel thing where you step out the door and you're literally just right there next to every single neighbor. But gosh darn it, I think if you have a large backyard, you have a right to be able to smoke in your own backyard. Unless where you live has a law or a statute that says you can't, well then honestly I think they need to kick rocks. I'm not gonna lie, I can sometimes smell when my neighbor smokes. Do I particularly enjoy smelling it? No, but do I make an issue about it? Why would I? I mean, to be fair though, the healthy option would be to quit. By the way, if you guys are enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. That said, our next story is from Careless Elk 7540 Am I the jerk for taking pics of my son's clothes he wears to his dad's house? First, I'm not some super picky, spiteful ex who tries to make my ex's life difficult. We have a son, Mark, who's 9. He wears a size 10 or 12 in clothes and size 5 in shoes. Mark never comes back in clothes or shoes that size. Last several weekends, for example, Mark came back in clothes that were a size 6 or 7, where the shirt fit like a crop top and he couldn't even button his pants, and they were way too short, and size 3 shoes that he had to scrunch his toes to even get on. I know Mark's uncomfortable and his feet hurt because he tells me. I've asked my ex Joe about Mark's clothes and he always has some reason. Mark dressed himself, Mark insisted on wearing that, they're behind on laundry. He was in a rush and they didn't have time to get ready until the last minute. If Mark came home to me in clothes that actually fit, I wouldn't care. But they don't fit. Mark can't wear that stuff to school. It's in really shabby condition and clothes are not free. I don't get child support from Joe because neither of us can currently afford to go back to court and Joe has made it clear without a child support order, I'll never get a single penny from him. And if I ever do ask for support, he would go as far as quitting his job to have no income so he doesn't have to pay. Unfortunately, our custody agreement does not affect child support, and that's a whole separate issue. I cannot legally keep Mark away from Joe. Anyways, I've started taking pics of what Mark wears to his dad's and texting the pic to Joe with a reminder to please remember that I need that back. As Mark is starting to run low on clothes and shoes that actually fit him correctly and are nice enough for school, Joe never responds to the texts, but has told me in person at exchanges I'm a selfish and petty witch for not wanting Mark to have clothes and shoes at his house too. I've asked Joe to please buy clothes that fit Mark to keep at his place, but he's refused, saying it's not his responsibility or problem. Gosh, do I wish OP had any kind of support where they could go back to court and challenge this guy for how awful they're being. It is such a load of it for him to go and say, it's not my responsibility to buy clothes for my son. Imagine how Mark would feel if Mark ever heard that. OP is not the jerk because not only are they looking out for Mark, they're looking out for their own financial security against a bad father. Our next story is from Jasmine0917. Am I the jerk for making my stepdaughter feel bad for eating all my snacks and drinks? My stepdaughter's 10. I'm 30-year-old female and I have diabetes, as well as other food allergies that prevent me from eating a very large variety of foods that are purchased for consumption in this household. The foods, snacks, drinks that I can eat usually tend to be on the more expensive side and I have to spend way too much time shopping around for bargains so I can actually eat. 
My stepdaughter is fully aware that these are the only things I can eat and we've had no problems up until roughly six months ago. I had been in her life for eight years, so yes, this is a new behavior. So my favorite food and drink is burritos and Diet Sprite. I can't have either of them due to my allergies and it took me forever to find a brand that I could actually have. But due to the fact that both of these products are way too expensive, $19 for an 8-pack burrito and $12 for a 6-pack of the Sprite knockoff, I don't get them often at all. Maybe once every 3 months or so. I caught my stepdaughter eating and drinking both multiple times and had to sit her down and tell her that I didn't want her eating those, as they were expensive and for me specifically, and offered to buy her regular brands of the same items. She said yes, so I went out and bought them for her, just to find that she was still eating mine and not touching hers. I asked her why several times and she shrugged her shoulders and walks off saying, I don't see why it's a big deal, it's just food, and rolls her eyes. So I told my husband to do something about it because he knows my dietary restrictions very well and knows how important not only that is but also how much I love those specific items and can't have them often. He speaks to her. Everything after that seems fine. However, I just bought the burritos and knockoff organic Sprite again yesterday. I went to go get myself some around 10pm when my stepdaughter was supposed to be in bed. The entire liter was gone. I couldn't find it anywhere. So I go in my stepdaughter's room and she's sitting not only with the Sprite in her lap, but two burritos as well. This is when I noticed everything else. My green tea sitting on the floor, gone. My meal containers that I'd packed for work under her bed and on her dresser. I thought I was going freaking mental because I couldn't find them anywhere. And turns out she's been eating them. I've gone many days at work without food because of this. So I told her I had never been so absolutely disappointed and repulsed that someone could lack that much respect and empathy for another individual and walked out. I woke my husband. He went down and saw everything but came up and started screaming at me because apparently I made his kid cry and now he's worried about her developing anxiety about eating. Am I the jerk? Now, what I'm going to say is very controversial. First of all, I think OP's not the jerk but maybe it would be a good idea for her to develop anxiety when it comes to taking other people's things. God forbid somebody gets upset when somebody steals not just one thing, but everything they've tried to prepare for themselves, buy for themselves, like your favorite pack of Doritos. This is food that you specifically choose for yourself because that's all you can eat. Maybe it's for the best that they get apprehensive about touching somebody else's stuff because it sure didn't come to them naturally and it doesn't sound like the dad's going to reinforce anything. Actually, in retrospect, I just remembered the kid is 10 years old. For some reason, I assumed they were a little bit older than that. I still think OP's not the jerk here, but I feel like there's just a lot more discussions and maybe even like family therapy to be had. It'll also be for the best if they can work to curb the daughter's habit of eating and drinking all this food and drink when everybody's asleep secretly. This next story is from JamHappy165. Am I the jerk for not going outside to see my husband's family when they show up unannounced? I'm 26-year-old female, my husband, 26, and I have been married for almost two years. His family are a very close-knit group, and although they're very kind and giving, it can also be overbearing in my opinion. I grew up in a very different family. My family isn't near as close or overbearing. Well, his family likes to show up to our house unannounced. 
This usually happens about once a month, and it's usually on a Sunday. I personally find this very rude, to show up at someone's house whenever you want and not say anything to them. On Sundays, I don't usually get ready. The house is a wreck. I don't have a bra or makeup on. I don't fix my hair because it's my day to relax. So when they just show up, I have to fly through my butt to get dressed, put a bra on, run a brush through my hair. It's his dad, mom, and sister. And I don't want to look like crap in front of them. I'm also not comfortable with them. Maybe it's because I grew up differently. Recently, I stopped doing that. I just don't go outside to say hi anymore because I simply don't want to. I don't want to fly through my butt. I don't want to see them. I didn't know or ask them to come over. So I don't want to go out of my way to say hi for 20 seconds. This may make me a jerk, but I feel like it isn't that hard to tell me you're coming over. Just give us a heads up so I can get ready and put a bra on. The most recent time, they had set up a little gift on our front porch. I had stayed inside because, well, they showed up unannounced and I was taking a nap. My husband went outside to thank them, say hello, etc. His mom asked where I was and when he told her I was napping and not dressed, she told him to tell me to get dressed and come outside because this gift was for me. So I did, I threw a bra on, got dressed, went outside thanked them profusely, but I could tell his mom was upset with me. My husband thinks I'm being rude, but I think it's his family that's rude. It's rude to show up unannounced to someone's home whether you have a gift for them or not. All I'm asking for is a heads up that they're coming. I'm not ungrateful for the random gifts. I think they're nice and his family's very sweet. However, I didn't ask for any of that. I like my space. My husband says he doesn't know how to tell them that without sounding ungrateful. But I feel like they're crossing a boundary here. Am I the jerk? I think OP's not the jerk here because, honestly, I fall right on the same spectrum as them. I am a very comfortable homebody. People popping up anywhere unannounced is extremely exhausting for somebody like me. I don't want to have to feel like I'm forced to entertain or share my space when I never had a say in the matter to begin with or had a heads up. Honestly, I think it's awesome that their family's so connected but you have to respect boundaries and we're family isn't a good enough excuse in my opinion. Our next story is from Addict Ed. Am I the jerk for telling a lady her baby is a waste of space? I know the title sounds bad, but hear me out. I, female 19, have a baby sister, 11 months, who I babysit quite often. Mostly because my mom had a knee surgery after an accident quite recently, so she can't walk very well yet. The result of many years of struggling with joint problems, She's got a fancy titanium knee now. This took place a couple days ago when my sister started coughing and having a runny nose. Then overnight came a slight fever. I know now that this is just a common cold, but obviously I was worried and told my mom I would gladly take her to a doctor. I have a driver's license, but I'm very scared of driving. I got into an accident the first time driving alone and this kind of traumatized me. I live in a big city in Europe where public transportation is great, so it's no big deal to not use a car. Half of the way to the doctors is done via tram, for the rest of the way I have to use a bus. Usually these buses are sufficiently big but with limited space for strollers and wheelchairs. That day the bus was unusually cramped, full of people standing as well as a woman in a wheelchair, two old ladies with walkers and two strollers so I could barely fit with my baby sister in her stroller. I asked one of the women with a stroller if she could move a bit and make space. As a response, she just rolled her eyes. 
I asked her again, and she just told me to wait for the next bus, which takes about 15 minutes, as her baby needs the space. Well, I look at the baby, and it's a doll? A very realistic looking one, but still a doll. I got very angry at that point and told her that my baby is sick and needs to go to the doctor, and she just ignored me. So I kind of lashed out and told her that her fake baby is a waste of space that other people with real babies or wheelchairs could need. The lady got really offended, insulted me under her breath, and finally moved. Quite a few people looked at me angrily. I know some people need these dolls, for example to deal with grief, but I don't understand why you can't move over if someone asks you, or why you need to put it in a stroller in the first place. It's not even real after all and the space on public transport's limited. She could have been taking the space from a disabled person when she has the option not to. Still, since a lot of people judged me, I'm wondering if I was in the wrong. Am I the jerk? I think this is a very bizarre situation and I think OP's not the jerk. Honestly, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and assume that this lady is pushing this doll around in a stroller to take advantage of the rules where you get more advantageous seating in a lot of public transport options, maybe even parking spaces if you're driving around because you have a stroller and a baby. I mean, just why else would she be doing that? Our next story is from Duyak8527. Am I the jerk for walking my sister down the aisle when our mother's husband believed he would be the one to do it? My sister got married on Saturday. She asked me several months ago to walk her down the aisle and to have a dance to honor our dad. I said, of course. Our dad died when I was 11 and she was 7, and we both have memories of him and she wanted to honor him and feel connected to him on the day, and she saw me as the best person for the job. So I walked her to her husband and danced to the song our dad used to sing to us. Our mother was remarried before our dad was a year gone. Her husband has no children and was unable to have kids of his own. So he made a big attempt to take over our dad's place and be regarded as dad, which he wasn't. Despite knowing this and never being asked, he assumed that he would be fulfilling father of the bride duties at my sister's wedding. And on the day he learned it was me she asked, he was visibly upset. I had an idea that he was expecting it but said nothing, neither did she. At the reception he confronted me and asked why I would do it when he's right there. And how was I more deserving than him, her father figure? I told him it was my sister's choice and she wanted me so we could honor our dad. He told me he deserved better than to be completely ignored in the wedding and treated like he wasn't a parent and not a part of our family for the last 15 years. I shrugged, which pissed him off even more. He and my mom are both furious at me for saying yes when I knew he wanted to do it. Am I the jerk? We do get a lot of wedding related stories here and a common sentiment for me is I subscribe to the belief that when you have a wedding, as long as it's legal you should be able to celebrate it however you want. And in this situation where the bride wanted to honor her biological father, I don't see how she or her brother for doing father of the bride duties could be the jerk. I think we can all agree here the stepdad is just all up in their feelings. Our next story is from SiriusBanana7181. Am I the jerk for spending more on my wedding than my best friend's husband makes in a year? For context, I, 24-year-old female, and my best friend, 25-year-old female, have been best friends since we were two. Now, after high school, I decided that I wanted to go and start my own business. 
so I got a degree in business management while having a small business on the side. After I finished my degree, my business, I put all of my time, effort, and savings into growing it, which ended up being a very financially rewarding decision for me as I now own a very successful business. I met my fiancé, 32-year-old male, four years ago, and we got engaged last year, but decided to have a long engagement because I wanted to lose some weight which he said I didn't need to but was completely supportive of. My fiancé is an orthopedic surgeon so we're more than well off, especially as we have no plans to have children. Now after high school, my best friend was doing a degree in chemistry but dropped out after two years when she became pregnant. I was there helping her out emotionally and financially throughout the whole of her pregnancy as she decided she didn't want to work through her pregnancy and wanted to become a stay-at-home mom, which I totally supported. However, her husband works a 9-to-5 job in an office, which pays enough for them to get by, but not enough for them to live in luxury. Because of this, me and my fiancé try and help them out the best we can, and always let them borrow money when they need it. We help them with the down payment on their house. However, now that we've started planning our wedding properly, we've got a beautiful venue, an open bar, live music, a three-course meal, I've got the perfect dress. We're paying for all the bridesmaid dresses and groomsmen's suits, and we've got beautiful little gift hampers for each of the guests to take home. And overall, we went all out because we can only have this day once. Now, when I was talking to my best friend about this, who's also my maid of honor, she brought up possibly having the same venue for her wedding, which I thought was lovely, but I didn't know if they would be able to afford it. I didn't see that though, so it was extra awkward when she asked about the price. So I told her it's around $32,000 and she went ballistic, asking how much my whole wedding costs. I really didn't want to tell her, but she ended up getting it out of me and she went crazy. My whole wedding amounted up to about $72,000, which then sent her on a tangent of saying we're so irresponsible spending that much money on one day that her husband only earns 60000 a year to support the three of them, and if she knew we had that much money to just throw around, she would have asked us for more when they were struggling financially earlier on this year. She finished with saying that I'm a horrible friend for not helping her out more, and that she was outraged that we thought it was okay to spend more money on one day than her family gets to live off in a year. I don't think I'm the jerk, but she's been sending me messages about how inconsiderate I am. So maybe I did go overboard and spend too much. So am I the jerk? As far as how much you want to spend on your wedding, personally I feel like to each their own. You want to go big? Go big. You got the money for it? Go as big as you want. I think considering how much they've already helped their friends, it sounds like they've done quite a bit. I mean, helping with a down payment on their house is a lot. I think it's pretty disappointing to see that their friend, upon finding out how rich their friend is, starts calling them horrible and somehow like insinuating that they're holding the money over their heads almost like as if the friends were entitled to any of it to begin with it's just weird and our final story of the day is from immediate rhubarb 39 am i the jerk for making my wife look crazy at our housewarming i'm male 36 my wife female 27 and i just purchased our first home We've always rented before. I'm what my father called a shade tree mechanic. I work on my car and other people's cars just in my shop when I have time. It's a side hustle. I'm a teacher in real life, so is she. 
I, in the past, have gotten grease and dirt on our hand towels and she's told me off. I don't do it anymore, not for a long time anyway. Our new home has two and a half bathrooms, including one that we have for guests. She decorated it with all that stuff to make it look nice. Honestly, it's nicer than how she decorated our in-suite in our room. She spent all week getting the house ready for our friends and family. She's very happy to show off our new home, as am I. I cleaned up the backyard and the shop so I could show my friends and family where I goof off. One of the things she did was to leave a note pinned to the hand towels in the guest bathroom. It said, if you touch these, I will end you. And she had drawn a little skull and crossbones. When it was time for everyone to come, she told me to check everything and make sure it looked nice. I suppose one of the things I should have done was to remove the note. I did not. We had an excellent party and everyone left with a full belly and a smile. The day after the party, we were cleaning up and I hear her call me by my name. She never calls me by my name. I hadn't done anything bad recently, so I wasn't sure why I was in trouble. I had not touched the hand towels and neither had anyone else. They were immaculate. She says I did it on purpose to make her look bad. I totally just missed the note. She called her mom and I heard her saying it was my fault people think she doesn't want them using her towels. It's such a minor thing but she's still mad at me. Am I the jerk? I think OP's not the jerk and honestly even if somebody did like mention it, I think the explanation of the overall story is actually cute and funny enough to honestly turn the whole thing into a laugh. It doesn't have to be this like weird dramatic, oh now they're gonna think so bad of me. Like if the wife told them, Oh, did you see that note? I'm sorry, I left that for my husband. He works on cars. He loves to mess up the hand towels, so I wrote him a little note, forgot to take it off. That'd be a cute story. I think OP's not the jerk. I think the wife is just getting a little too doom and gloom about it and a little too worked up over it. Am I the jerk for not wanting to pay for my wife's spending money? Before the birth of our daughter, my wife and I both worked full-time in low to middle-earning jobs, with my wife earning a bit more than I, but not by much. My wife returned to work out of necessity when our daughter was three months old. Her mental health became pretty bad, and she has a minor disability that makes work life a little hard. And she found it a bit worse after having our daughter, but we had to do what we had to do. My wife's nan, who sort of raised her and was her only family, passed away, sadly when our daughter was six months old. My wife inherited everything she owned. It was a big inheritance. Not enough for us to both immediately retire, but a lot. Enough for us to buy a decent house outright, a new car each, and to put some money away for a comfortable retirement. Shortly after her nan died, my wife stopped working and became a stay-at-home mom, partially due to griefs and struggles at her job, and a bit because she always would have preferred to stay home with our daughter. Thing is though, I'd rather not work and be a stay-at-home dad too, but I've been sucking it up because we still need an income to get by. My wife spoke with me recently about how to budget so we can live off just my income. She'd been dipping into her savings to pull her weight, but that's all tied up in investments now. I said if I'm the one who has to work, and I'd rather not, I don't think I should have to spend my money funding her hobbies and spending money. If she chooses not to work, then she can buy clothes at a charity shop instead of new ones and get a friend to cut her hair for free, etc. Or she can get a job working a night shift or start an online business or something to fund her spending money. I don't see why I should have to pay for stuff like her sewing materials and gym membership since I don't benefit from them and they're not my responsibility. 
I'm happy to pay for stuff for our daughter, seeing as she's my responsibility, so I don't think I'm being unreasonable here. I work 36 hours a week, and I already pay for the bills and food. She said that's not fair if I get to enjoy my gym membership and hobbies like video games, but the difference is I'm paying for them with my money. My wife said her inheritance was worth more than if she spent her whole life working, and without that, both of us would be working anyway and having higher expenses from paying a mortgage and car loans, so I should count that as her contribution and share my money with her. Am I the jerk? I think OP is a big jerk here, mainly because the wife got a big inheritance. And that wife turned around and spent that whole inheritance on a retirement plan, a decent house outright, a new car each. So the wife went and did all of that for the both of you and set you up for the rest of your lives. And then OP turns around and starts having trouble justifying paying for her stuff too. Is it fair of the wife to expect OP to keep on working while they stay at home? I'd like to know your guys' thoughts in the comments down below. Our next story is from TA account 2808. Am I the jerk for not helping my sister with her IVF solely because of her husband? I'm 34-year-old female. My sister Meg, 31-year-old female, cheated on my ex-brother-in-law Josh with his best friend Liam. They did it for over four years until Josh found out and broke up. Liam and Meg have been officially together for five years. My ex-brother-in-law has been my best friend since elementary school and my sister knew him through me, and despite me saying that it would make things uncomfortable, she insisted on hitting on him until he noticed and they started dating. My relationship with Meg took a toll on me, because I was annoyed with her for doing this to my best friend. But we never cut contact because of my nephew, her son with Josh, and my godson. One year ago, I received a large amount of money, inheritance, And because I have a good financial condition, I decided that half would go to help my parents and siblings. My parents received 50%, and my siblings, four of them, 12.5% each. My parents decided to renovate the house. Two of my brothers paid off their house debts. My other sister asked if she could pay for her IVF treatment with her girlfriend with that money, and I said yes. At no time did I control how they wanted to spend their money. Well, Meg was super happy with my help and talked about paying for her IVF with Liam, his infertility, and I hesitated. I'm still best friends with Josh, and I can tell you what they did with him caused years of therapy to get him to start thinking about dating someone. I don't talk to Liam 99% of the time, and I only helped my sister because, after all, she had my nephew. I didn't go to the wedding, and I always made it very clear that it wasn't a relationship I would support, but they're free. So I told her that I didn't feel comfortable giving her the money for this, as it involves Liam, her and their relationship specifically, so I would rather help in some other way, renovate the house, pay off debts, refurbish the house, and that I would take double care that the money didn't go to that. She started screaming, telling me to get over something that had nothing to do with me and that was years ago, and that I was treating her and my other sister differently because of the past. We argued a lot, and I decided to create a fund for my godson that only he could handle at age 18 instead of helping her. Well, this created even more mess because she claims that I helped everyone but her, and that I was cruel in denying helping her have another child when they can't naturally. I really don't feel comfortable doing this. Am I the jerk? Admittedly, it might come off as like appearing biased, but the bottom line is, it's OP's inheritance and OP's money. 
And I think OP's goal was always to help out where they see fit, not just give them the money to use as they necessarily want. I think it's just circumstance that everybody else that got some of the money used it for reasons that OP would willingly approve of. Frankly, giving it to your nephew? That's a darn good choice. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is from random47017. Am I the jerk for refusing to put my husband's name on the title of my house? First, some important info. I, 30-year-old female, have been married to my husband, 34-year-old male, for 8 years now. We live in a culture where you never combine your finances after marriage. Some do, but they're the exception to the rule. Also, in the event of a divorce, there's nothing like common property or anything like that. You keep what you bought and anything that has your name on it. We met while we were studying, graduated the same year, have the same primary income, I do some freelance work, we're so in tune in everything except how to spend money, and he likes to travel while I'm a homebody. Since the first day of marriage, I proposed that we shared the expenses, rent, utilities, groceries, cleaning lady, equally, even though culturally the man is responsible for all of them, then we should have a savings account to save for a house. He didn't want to save for a house. He said that his money is better spent on experiences. And anyway, there's nothing wrong with renting until we're in our 50s, then we can buy a house. In the end, we agreed to have a shared account for expenses, then whatever is left is ours to do with what we want. He tends to take at least two weekend trips with his friends, staying in expensive hotels, going to concerts. Also, even though I cook almost every meal at home, most times he would just order out for lunch or dinner. I also go on weekend trips with my friends, but they're more day trips to the beach, hiking in the mountains, scuba diving. Each trip costs less than a tenth of what his trips do. Well, I've been saving for all of these eight years, and now I'm about to close on a small apartment and pay it in full. No interest or monthly payments. The plan is to live there, save what I'm used to saving, plus what I used to spend on rent, buy a bigger house, and rent this apartment for extra income. And now he wants me to add his name to the deed. I flat out told him no. He didn't want to save. He didn't put a cent towards the house, so his name doesn't go on the deed. I also told him that I plan to buy a bigger house, and now that he doesn't have to pay rent, he can save and put his share towards the next house. Then he can have his name on the deed of the house. Well, he called me a jerk, said that this is not what it meant to be married, and took some days off to go on a trip to cool off. I don't think I'm the jerk, but I also tend to be stubborn when it comes to what I perceive as financial irresponsibility. So, am I the jerk? P.S. I'm not a miser. I still paid for dates, bought him gifts just because I see something he might like, went on one expensive trip a year with him, usually abroad, etc. I just saved a lot too. I think whether you agree to share your finances or have them split, the real issue here is that OP's husband isn't putting anything into this stuff and still expecting to partially own it. OP's definitely not the jerk here. And if I was OP, I wouldn't know whether to be like outraged or just flat out disappointed in the ridiculous assumptions from the husband. Our next story is from AITA Throwaway 287. Am I the jerk for taking away my daughter's birthday gift that I don't think is appropriate? I'm 41 year old female. My daughter Annie, 16 year old female, recently celebrated her birthday. And we had a small party at home with her friends and a few relatives. My boyfriend Sam, 30-year-old male, also came along and he gave Annie a bunch of gifts. 
covers and charms for her phone, a gift card, and a couple of adult thriller novels. She's a big reader. It's the last of the gifts that I had an issue with. I don't think it was appropriate for Sam to give Annie adult books without going over it with me first. I told Annie that these books weren't appropriate for her, I've read one of them before, and took them away. But she started screaming at me saying that it's her gifts and she can read them if she wants. She's been ignoring me for the past few days. I talked to Sam later about how he did something totally wrong, and now Annie's mad at me, but he said, they're just books, and I'm going too far. And we had a bit of an argument over it. I don't think what I did was wrong, but Annie and Sam think otherwise, so am I the jerk? Without knowing exactly like what the contents of these books are, I'm gonna say OP is the jerk. Even, you know, if there is action or... I don't know, I guess you could say gruesome acts from the villains in these stories. Honestly, I feel like 16 years old is kind of reasonable to read an adult thriller book. It's not like he bought her some Fabio having cover romance novel. It's like letting your kid watch a James Bond movie but also dialing it down because it's written in a book. You're not actually even seeing any of this stuff. This next story is from an anonymous poster. Am I the jerk for calling my boyfriend fat and lazy after he criticized me for not working out? I typically work out four to five times a week and my boyfriend doesn't. He doesn't work out at all, doesn't even walk his dog. I walk him when I come over. I've asked him to come work out with me many, many times and he always comes up with an excuse. I do high intensity interval training twice a week and go for a run two times a week and maybe go for a hike on the weekend. My boyfriend was big when we met, but he's gotten bigger when we started dating. I'm not sure how much he weighs, but he's a 4XL in shirts and he's about 5'11". He eats terrible, and his doctors informed him his blood pressure is high, but he hasn't done anything about it. I recently started a new workout called Inferno. It's brutal and I go twice a week. Last week I was PMSing pretty hard and my period was due. I'm on the slim side and if I work out too hard or lose too much weight, I lose my period, so I decided to skip my workout. My boyfriend asked why I wasn't going to my workout when after work I came over, and I said I was tired and wanted to give my body a rest. He huffed and told me I was being lazy and being tired wasn't an excuse. My mouth was hanging out and I shot back that he never works out and always uses being tired as an excuse. He got angry and told me he doesn't have to work out, but I chose to, so skipping it was being lazy. I laughed about it, pointed out his high blood pressure and him putting on weight, and told him if he doesn't have to work out, and if I'm lazy for skipping one workout, then he's way more lazy for skipping years worth of workouts he should have done. He yelled that I was a witch, and I had enough, so I walked out. It's been a week and he's texted me a few times, but I've not bothered to read them because I'm so pissed at him. I think OP's not the jerk here, and I think there's a really unhealthy dynamic going on here. It sounds to me like OP works out honestly quite a lot, and the boyfriend being 4XL, I'm not even being rude, like you have to be eating a lot to actually get to a 4XL. Like I'm talking, the boyfriend probably eats like four to 5,000 calories a day at least. Wearing a 4XL is legitimately in like absolutely high risk health territory. Like there has to be some kind of like emotional abuse element to what this guy is saying. I'm not huge on saying anybody should break up with anybody, but if there was ever one to just walk away from and leave in the past, I feel like this would be one. 
Our next story is from National Law 6665. Am I the jerk for sleeping on my weekends? Me, 35, have a stepdaughter, 13, who spends every other weekend at my home. My husband and I have three kids, four months, two years, and four years. My baby is super fussy. It's been really bad. The doctor said she's okay, she's really colicky. She cries all night long. The past few months have been a nightmare. Working all day, no sleep at night. I'm a super light sleeper. I've been canceling our weekends with my stepdaughter so my husband and I can catch up on sleep. My stepdaughter decided to blast us on social media. She said, my dad and stepmom can't even take care of the kids they have, yet they keep having more. So much for a reliable, loving parent, followed by my husband's family asking her what's wrong. She lets them know that we keep canceling on her time. It's not just her time, it's also her dad's. It's been a very difficult situation for both of us. My in-laws are now saying that we're the jerks in the situation. They stopped helping us with the younger kids altogether. Am I the jerk here? I feel like it's just circumstances. No one asks for a colicky baby. I mean, I get it. I feel for them being tired and not getting enough sleep, but I think you're the jerks for canceling on your own kid. I mean, less so to OP, and you know it's their stepdaughter, but OP's partner canceling on their own daughter to see them on just a weekend? It's not like they're trying to come over every single day in the week. The kid feels neglected. What more can you say? Can you blame them? They're 13 years old. They only see their dad every weekend. And even then they're saying, Nope, sorry, this weekend's not good as well. Gotta catch up on sleep, you know. How do you think that looks to them? This next story is from throwaway37282282. Am I the jerk for laughing in my mother's friend's face when she told me to go to my room? I, 25-year-old female, don't speak to my mother, like, at all. I had to go to my mother's house today to pick up an important document that I left behind when I moved out seven years ago. As soon as I got to the house, my mother suddenly had a massive emergency and realized that it was apparently her friend's funeral today, and she completely forgot about it. I couldn't help but internally roll my eyes as there's always some drama, hence why I've gone no slash very low contact. She asked me if I would watch my two younger brothers, 7 and 11, whilst she went to the funeral, and I said absolutely not as it's my only day off, I have plans, and I have no relationship with them due to my mother stopping them from seeing me for years. I just wanted to get my birth certificate and leave. My mother asked her friend if she would babysit and asked me to stay for 10 minutes until her friend came. I didn't even get the opportunity to say no before my mother left the house. I was seething but resolved to wait 10 minutes. My mother's friend turned up and started berating me for not agreeing to look after my brothers whilst my mother went to the funeral. I said, I don't have anything to do with my mother. It's my day off work and I'm under no obligation to look after anyone else's children. My mother's friend then told me to go to my room. I laughed in her face and started to leave the house. And she asked me where I was going, and I told her, my room, at my apartment that I pay for with my big girl job, because I'm an adult, not a child. And don't ever speak down on me like that again. And I left. My mother's left me loads of messages and missed calls saying that I'm the jerk for the way I spoke to her friend. I do admit I look kinda young, but I'm still not happy with the way my mother's friend spoke to me. Am I the jerk? I think OP's not the jerk, and regardless if you were 15 or 25, I still think it would be extremely weird and maybe even inappropriate for your mother's friend to say, go to your room, 
when they don't even know you at all? How do they just expect to have that kind of power over you? Like as if you would be afraid and subservient to them when it's your first time even seeing them. This next story is from Fantastic Gymnastic 69 Am I the jerk for locking the door to my home so my husband's friend couldn't come in? My husband's friend has been living with us for about 6 months now. When my husband presented the idea to me about him moving in, I was hesitant but he was determined to get him out of the streets. Fast forward to the present day, his friend got a part-time job at FedEx and quit a couple of weeks ago because he didn't like how his supervisor was talking to him. He doesn't contribute anything to our home, doesn't help cook, clean, or watch our children. Our oldest girl keeps an eye out on our toddler more than he does. He'll go into our office and spark up some weed no matter how many times I tell him and my husband that he needs to do that outdoors. Yesterday, I hit my breaking point. I wasn't feeling well as I had a migraine, three of our kids had dentist appointments. I don't know about you guys, but getting kids out of the door can be challenging regardless, let alone when you're feeling sick from your head pounding non-stop. I go outside with our kids to see that my car was gone. He took my car to go smoke with his co-worker. My husband was at work. Furious wasn't the word to describe it. I immediately went back inside and tried to call him. No answer. I then called my husband where he sighed like he was so annoyed with me and said he would call him. I tried explaining to my husband that I'm at my wits end. We have six kids and I get no help from him or his friend. He sleeps on our couch and doesn't even fold his blanket up in the morning. My husband proceeds to tell me that I'm overreacting and that I need to calm down. I ended up locking my front door and refused to open it until my husband got home. However, when he got home, he didn't try to come inside. He took a picture of our door, went on Instagram and told the world, have you ever been locked out of your own home? I lost it. I feel like I've been more than patient and I can't do it anymore. I don't get help or basic respect in my own home and I'm constantly gaslit. My husband has a history of getting extremely angry and scary, so I told him he needed to wait until our children were asleep in bed before coming in, as I was afraid he would come in irate, lashing out in front of them like before. Am I the jerk for how I handled this? I think OP is especially not the jerk here, and frankly it's worrisome when it got towards the end of the story and OP said, My husband has a history of getting extremely angry and scary, to the point where they want to put the kids to bed before letting them in the house. Apparently OP actually went and got an MPO, a military protection order, which means the husband can now no longer get close to them. It's great because nobody deserves to be in an abusive relationship. Our next story is from Handle 7586 Am I the jerk for forcing my father to pay child support? My father is a jerk. When he got my mother pregnant, he wanted her to quit her job and just stay home to be a good little wife and mother. He's very well off due to a trust fund and he doesn't really need to work. My mother refused and divorced him. Because of a prenup she got very little and he moved back to Europe. His parents never knew about me and my mother had a good profession and I never really wanted for anything. My grandmother and grandfather, her mom and dad, were awesome and I got to spend my summers exploring the wilds of western Canada with them. My father never paid the child support he should have. Like I said, it didn't really matter. My mom makes good money and she gave me a great life as a child. So the point of this post I'm, female 28, getting married. I met the love of my life, male 31, at university, and we've been together for 8 years. 
He is a wonderful person and he really is my lobster. Sorry, friends reference. His family is from the same city as my father and they're a huge rambunctious bunch. Because a lot of intermingled business and personal relationships, my parental grandparents found out about my impending wedding and me, I suppose. They've been in contact and want to come to Canada to meet me and my fiance, who I guess is a grandson of an acquaintance of theirs? Small world. When they found out that my father had basically abandoned me to fend for myself in this world, this is honestly how they see it, they were pissed to say the least. It's very funny because we're decidedly upper middle class here. So long story short, they had their lawyer calculate the amount of child support my father should have paid with interest and the cost of my post-secondary education. Then they gave me this as a gift. What I didn't know was that it came out of my father's yearly draw on his trust fund. He is furious because it obviously was a sizable amount and it'll very much affect his finances for at least the next two years. He may need to, gasp, get a job. He's been contacting me and telling me that his current wife and children will be negatively affected if I don't give him back this money. I don't really need it, and I guess I am entitled to it, and I'm getting a trust fund now as well. But I really want to pay off any debt my mother may have, and make sure that when she retires, she can do whatever suits her fancy. I'm not giving it back. Am I the jerk? I think as far as everything's concerned, OP was entitled to that money, and it is so funny to hear the father say, my current wife and children will be affected. Well, maybe you should have thought of that before you went and affected your original wife and children. This next story is from Throwaway Gay House 200. Am I the jerk for not letting my cousin get married in the family summer house for free? Okay, so I'm looking for outside opinions here. I can preface with the idea that I don't think I'm a jerk here. My partner, however, thinks it's a difficult situation and thought this would be a good idea since she lurks here all the time and a lot of the responses are good. So I'm a 28-year-old woman. I'm gay, important to the story. Now, my mother is a single mother. She comes from a big, conservative, Christian family. My mom was easily the black sheep. She had me at 16, which in itself was a big issue for my grandfather. We lived with my grandparents until my mother at age 25 came out as gay. That was the limit for my grandfather and he disowned my mother and my mom cut off all contact with her family. Now, my grandparents were rich. Not extreme, but they had a lot of money, especially a big summer house. I say that, but it's a really big house with beautiful scenery next to a beautiful lake. It was laid down by my grandfather's father and has since been improved upon and renovated. It's been somewhat of a family retreat where all my uncles, aunts, and cousins visit regularly during the summer. I visited twice when I was younger, and I loved it. Sadly, when COVID hit, my grandfather and my mother sadly passed away. Now, this made my grandmother reach out to me, and I liked that. She wanted to make it up as much as she could. Sadly, last year, she passed away as well. She left token sums to all their children and grandchildren, But in compensation, she also left me the summer house. I made it into an Airbnb and I've been making a lot of cash from it. Obviously, this made the rest of my family furious because they could no longer visit during the summer, prime season. But again, I don't know them or my cousins. Here is where I might be the jerk. My aunt reached out to me the other week telling me, not asking, that her daughter had planned to have her wedding there next summer. She's been dreaming of it since she was a child, and apparently it's the designated family wedding spot. 
The house has been hired out for weddings before, since there is room for a venue, and lots of rooms for guests to stay over. Now I told my aunt that that wasn't possible because the week she wanted to have her wedding was already booked. But I said if she wanted a different date, she could put down the deposit for what I charge for a wedding and book a different date. Now she was furious and asked if I was actually serious in charging my family to have their wedding there. And I just said, I don't know them. I haven't met them in person since I was like six. And yes, I would because weddings bring in a lot of money. Her family's been blowing up my phone and social media calling me a jerk. So am I the jerk? I mean, I get why it might be upsetting to them, but I don't think it makes OP the jerk. Like OP said, they don't know them. And personally, they got a really good thing going right now just as the Airbnb setup. And our final story of the day is from Ornery Entrepreneur 90 Am I the jerk for telling my cousin I don't care that she has three years left to live? I know the title sounds awful, but hear me out. I have a second cousin called Jane. She's very close with my parents. We aren't close because she's always been kind of mean to me, but as we live in the same city, and my parents often work long hours, she often accompanied me to extracurricular activities by taking the bus with me downtown, as she was the only one available. I got her a nice Christmas gift this year with the allowance I saved up, so I don't think I've been ungrateful for what she's done for me. I'd also like to note that I'm not that young, 16-year-old female. It's just my parents are weird about public transport because I'm very small and a girl, and my mom was often harassed on the bus when she was young. Jane was unfortunately diagnosed with cancer recently and was given an estimate of three years left. Ever since she received the news, she's often done things like cutting in long lines and asking for discounts normally only available to service workers with the phrase, I've only got three more years, we gotta make them good. Recently, my parents asked Jane to escort me on a flight to visit my family who lived in another state for two weeks. I had never flown alone before, so the deal was that Jane would fly with me there and show me how things worked, return home without me, and then I would fly home alone after I knew how. My parents covered everything plus some nice skincare for Jane as a thank you. On the flight, she stretched out her knees and legs onto the seat in front of us. When the person understandably turned around to complain, she used this stupid excuse about the three years to live thing again. The person said they were sorry about that, but to please put her legs in her own space. She kicked her legs around a bit and then put them so her knees were resting on the back of the seat in front of us. I told her she was acting childish, and she said that she deserves to be comfortable in her last years of life. I then told her that me and others around here don't care about her living life to the fullest at the expense of others. She was really quiet for the rest of the flight and I feel horrible. I know I could have phrased it nicer, but I was sick of her being a jerk to random people. So am I the jerk and how much? I think OP's not the jerk here. Obviously, I think just about anybody would feel bad for the cousin. And I feel like there's a lot of situations where, considering the cousin's condition, people might be willing to give some extra convenience or some discounts. But I think it's highly inappropriate to go around saying, I've only got three years left, you gotta give me this. Hey, do you have any discounts for anybody? I've got three years left to live, you better just give me that. It's complicated cause like, I get it. Three years left to live sucks. But you can't like weaponize it as like a guilt trip tool to try to get everything you want and also to be able to like 
literally step all over people. Am I the jerk for being annoyed my mother-in-law ate my dinner? Tonight my mother-in-law came over for dinner. I made Swedish meatballs and gravy with mashed potatoes, broccoli, and homemade bread. In my house, we tend to eat in the lounge room unless it's a big event, so I dish up everyone's meal. Kids, mother-in-law, and husband, I take their meals to them and then before serving mine, I have to run out to the line and grab some clothes that I hung out earlier. No big deal. I served up generous portions for everyone, way more than I thought they could eat. But when I got back from the line, my dinner was gone. I asked if anyone knew what had happened to the food on the bench and mother-in-law pipes up and says she wanted some more. She's piled her bowl full of meatballs, way more than she would ever eat. I'm stunned. I figure, oh well, I'll just grab some fast food a bit later or something because maybe she was super hungry. My bad for not cooking enough. But once she's eaten what she wants, she asks for a container so she can take her extra portion home for dinner the next night. I'm pretty annoyed at this point and mention that it was meant to be my dinner for that night, not her takeaway meal for the next night. She says, oh well, you can eat it then. And I reply with, no thank you, and hand her a container. I didn't want to eat her leftovers. She leaves and my husband puts the kids to bed. When he comes back in, he asks what's wrong and I tell him that I'm hungry. I cooked the meal and didn't get to eat any of it and I'm pissed off about it. He agrees mother-in-law was way out of line and messages her that her actions were greedy and selfish. She owes me an apology. She replies telling him that I acted like a jerk. I should have cooked more and anticipated that she would take home a portion for the next day. She offered me what she didn't eat and I didn't want it. It's not her fault that I owe her an apology for my attitude and snarky comment. She's also posting on social media about what happened and people are saying that I'm a jerk and a rude hostess. I should also add that I'm currently pregnant and I feel like I can be quite unreasonable at times due to hormones. Am I the jerk? I think Opie's not the jerk here. I think Opie was being a great hostess. I think they were an awful guest up until the point where they grabbed somebody else's serving and gave it to themselves. Honestly, on Facebook, I don't know if you can trust any of the people's opinions in those circles. Like, I feel like it's all one, like, big supportive hive mind where, like, if I'm coming to Facebook to vent and all my Facebook friends are there, they're probably going to back me up regardless of how ridiculous the outcome is. Would you guys agree with that? That the opinions of the Facebook circles are probably untrustworthy? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Pinky Binders. Am I the jerk for locking up my valuables in my house? I, 21-year-old female, and my boyfriend, 23-year-old male, have been living together for two years. There's always been a bit of money struggle, as I used to make more than him and have usually been picking up the slack in our household. However, I've started a new job and I'm earning a lot less than before, so I've started to be more cautious about the amount I'm spending. During our relationship, I would usually buy all of his toiletries and most household products. I told him I wouldn't be doing this anymore, as I need to cut down my own spending, and he also works and is capable of buying things on his own. I thought we'd agreed to this, but as time has gone on, I've noticed all of my expensive skincare and even my own deodorant was being used up really quickly. I asked him multiple times to please not use my stuff and even bought him his own skincare so that he could have his own things. The thing that set me off was I'd bought myself a $220 face wash that is only supposed to be used sparingly. I have horrible eczema that I have prescriptions for. 
and the products I buy are specifically for my eczema. I hadn't used it in a while and when I picked up the bottle, it was empty. He laughed and said he would replace it, then refused when he learned of the price. I took inventory of everything else I owned and found out he'd used up to $800 worth of product in around 3 months. I know he's a naive because I tell him the price of everything I get and tell him not to use them. I ended up buying a safe that I put under the sink and I put everything I had left inside and hid the key so when I go to shower and get ready, I can use my own things and not worry about not affording to keep my skin in check. When he found out, he lost it and said that I was overreacting and that I don't trust him. It's turned into a massive deal and my friends are thinking I'm being harsh. I simply cannot afford to keep buying more skincare and I've even been hospitalized this year due to a huge flare-up I had after running out of products. He's taking it very seriously and I don't know what else to do as I've already tried asking, am I the jerk? You know, this guy's making it a big deal about how it seems like OP doesn't trust them. Well, I think it's exactly that. They went and used all of their products behind their back. How can they trust them? This whole thing is about the fact that OP can't trust them. This boyfriend needs to take a long, hard look at himself and realize that he's created a situation where OP wants to turn to putting a safe in the bathroom sink because they can't control themselves. For a lot of people, they wouldn't even let it get to that point. They would just break up with them. This next story is from Petty Brother. Am I the jerk for refusing to babysit my nibblings? I, 32-year-old male, am child-free. Not because of childhood trauma or because I think the earth is overpopulated. I just don't like kids and don't want to invest my time and energy in raising them. I have an older sister, 35-year-old female, and a younger brother, 28-year-old male. My sister has three kids, ages 7, 5, and 2. I moved out of our hometown when I was 19, so I've never lived close to them. When I visited during the summer, I was more than happy to take the kids out for a couple of outings, but I usually either had one of their parents or a babysitter with me. Now, my older sister tends to dump her kids on anyone she can sucker. She's a stay-at-home mom, but the kids spend more time with our parents or our brother. For years now, my brother would call to vent to me about her, how she just drops her kids at his doorstep and leaves wouldn't answer her phone, so he would be stuck with them for hours. I moved back three months ago, and from the get-go, she wanted me to set a room for her kids in my house. I shut her down hard. I also told her that I will not be babysitting her kids, not unless it is a true emergency and she can't find a babysitter. She thought I was bluffing. The first time she dropped unannounced to leave her kids, I didn't open the door. She said that she'll be leaving them and I'll be forced to act like a decent uncle. I said all that I will do is getting the cops called on you for abandonment. She was furious. I haven't babysat the kids once these last three months. I took them on four outings, but no babysitting to suit her. Now she's calling me a jerk for not helping. I don't give a freak about this part. But my younger brother's also pissed at me for not helping ease his burden a bit. I told him it's not my fault that he doesn't know how to set boundaries with her. After years of trying to gently encourage him to stand up for himself and commiserating with him, and now he's calling me a jerk too. So, am I the jerk? I think OP's not the jerk here. Nobody is entitled to babysitting their siblings' kids. Like OP said, it's great if you help out when it's a true emergency and, you know, there's nowhere else to turn to. But you gotta be seriously entitled to think that just because you have siblings, 
and just because they're reachable that they would ever be just full-time babysitters for you or even part-time babysitters. I know they say it takes a village to raise a kid, but you're not supposed to expect only the village to raise the kid. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is from Poor Unfortunate Gluten. Am I the jerk for kicking my sister out for bringing gluten into our gluten-free kitchen? My daughter's on the more severe end of celiac. Any cross-contamination would set her back for weeks. It's taken us years to get her properly diagnosed and treated. And at 10 years old, she's now underweight and has severe anxiety about food. She will not eat if she feels it's unsafe, and it's hard for me to blame her. Our house has both a kitchen and a kitchenette in the basement, complete with full sets of pans and utensils. Our main rule for the house is that there's absolutely no dairy, gluten, or seafood to be kept or cooked in the kitchen. Our older son is allergic to seafood, and my wife is lactose intolerant. The kitchenette is for items containing those ingredients. My sister and her kids had to move in with us for personal reasons. They live in the basement bedrooms, and when they moved in, we very clearly explained this rule to them and why. It took less than a week for us to find a box of pasta in the kitchen. We explained the rule and moved it, and she was apologetic. A month later, my daughter comes to us in a panic because my sister was making fried chicken in the kitchen. My sister was apologetic, but insisted she needed to because the kitchenette was too small. It felt harsh, but we moved all of the food to the basement, threw out every single pan and utensil she may have used, and deep cleaned the kitchen. These incidents making the kitchen no longer 100% guaranteed safe has made her regress in therapy. We're working on it, but unfortunately right now it's so bad again that we have to feed her exclusively takeout from the one gluten-free restaurant around, unless we want her in inpatient care. Which takes us to last Sunday. I get home and my daughter is having the worst panic attack I've ever seen. My mom and sister were in the kitchen making an entire Sunday dinner. Spaghetti, mozzarella sticks, garlic bread, the works. I lost it. I ended up absolutely screaming at them that they were ruining my life and had threatened my daughter's life for the last time and I'd had it. I threw all the food out into the yard and told my sister if she really cared that little about her own niece's life, she could get the freak out of my house. Now my mom's mad at me for kicking out my sister and her kids when they're vulnerable over a food allergy, but I don't care. She can even leave the kids here if she absolutely needs to, but I'm done with her. We have one rule. One. My wife agrees with me, but thinks I should give one last chance and just not allow sister to bring any food into the house. My mom can't take her in, and she can't afford to rent anywhere, so she would be homeless if we didn't let her stay. I'm not sure I'm in the wrong here. I would agree with OP and say that they're not in the wrong here. They have one rule, and as apologetic as they may be, they're not actually trying, like at all. This is like leaving a $5 bill on your desk right in front of you. They waltz in, start moving their hand towards the bill, and you're like, what are you doing? You can't take that. Oh, sorry. They leave. Later in the day, they return, slowly reach out for it again. What are you doing? You can't take that. Oh, sorry. Walks away. They're just going to come back and try to grab that $5 bill again. It seems pretty clear this person does not give a crap. This next story is from No Longer an Aunt. Am I the jerk for telling him he isn't my nephew? My brother, 41-year-old male, became a foster father to a young boy 10 years ago. 
The child's father passed away, and his mother was in a rehab center. The assignment was supposed to be temporary. The foster worker said the young boy would probably be there six months to a year. He ended up staying with my brother for six years. In this time, my brother did a ton for this kid, well above and beyond requirements. He made sure the kid always had a nice new clothes, fun toys, got to eat what he wanted, took him on vacations, paid for expensive activities, everything. By the time six years had passed, we all thought this child was a permanent addition to our family. Then shortly after his 14th birthday, his mother was able to resume custody. And just like that, he was gone with almost no notice. I can't explain how devastated my brother was. He was beyond distraught. He thought of this kid like a son, and then legally they weren't anything to each other. He's 18 now and just started community college. My brother has a different foster child staying with him now. Even though life's gone on, I know my brother's still in pain. Recently, I ran into this now adult at the grocery store with his mom. He acted very happy to see me and introduced me to his mother as Auntie My Name. I said, I'm not your aunt. He looked a little hurt and then tried to continue the conversation. We talked awkwardly for a couple of minutes and then I finished my shopping. I told my brother about the awkward interaction later and he said I was a witch for no reason and should have just accepted the title gracefully as it cost me nothing. I disagree. I let this kid be my nephew for six years and then I didn't see him again until now. Why should I have to let him call me his aunt when he hasn't been a member of our family for four years? My brother called me egotistical but then he dropped it. I don't understand why I'm the bad guy. Am I the jerk? My question is, was it the kid's choice to go back to their mom? Was it the kid's choice to cut off the rest of the family? Did the kid grow up to be cold and hardened and changed? Did they say, oh, I don't want to be a part of that family anymore? Because if no, then OP is a huge jerk here. Our next story is from AITA, Exhausted Wife. Am I the jerk for refusing to cook dinner? I, female 23, have been married to my husband John, male 24, for a year now. And recently, aka 5 weeks ago, we welcomed our first baby, female. I'm currently on maternity leave, which my husband has interpreted it as me being a stay-at-home mom instead of taking time to rest before I needed to return to work. I don't really mind it too much since cleaning my house is soothing for me and a good distraction for my sleep deprivation. I've always been this way and John still does his share of household chores. He does most of the outdoor work and he'll sweep and vacuum, but recently he's been writing me about not having dinner ready when he gets home. He works from 8 to 5.30, so it's not a completely unreasonable time for dinner, but it's not like I can just stop taking care of our daughter to cook him a meal. I can usually talk him down, and he'll watch daughter while I cook. A few days ago, however, he came into the house and began berating me for not having dinner ready and waiting so he could just walk in and sit to eat. I was actively changing my daughter's diaper while he went on this rant. He went as far as to say that he put up with my laziness for long enough and that I needed to do my job properly. I didn't say anything to him at that moment. I went and cooked dinner, and he seemed pretty proud of himself for winning that conversation. But I only have a few more weeks to stay home with my baby girl, and I'm not going to have that stomped on because of my husband. So ever since that day, I go to my mom's house for dinner. She's totally okay with this, by the way. I don't cook anything for John, and I'm already at my mom's by the time he gets home. I still clean at home and keep the house tidy, but I don't cook dinner. John's been furious with me and has been telling me that I'm a jerk for leaving him to starve. 
I just want to have a peaceful environment before I have to go back to work. So Reddit, am I the jerk? I think OP's not the jerk, but my question is, when you go back to work, what's going to change that this husband's going to start acting nicer? Or the dinner issue's going to resolve? I don't know if he thinks real life is supposed to be like the Flintstones where Fred gets home and Wilma has a giant dinosaur roast cooking for him, but marriage isn't the glorious 1950s depiction of it. I think if the wife loves to cook and wants to do it, that's great. But there's something just kind of disgusting about the behavior of getting home from work and being like, Alright woman, where's my home-cooked meal that's hot and ready for me when I'm here? It's at court, next to the divorce papers. Our next story is from Acceptable Koala 651 Am I the jerk for banning my husband from visiting my sister with me because he won't stop trying to debate her and her husband? My sister Marie, 29, and her husband Zach, 40, had their first child, a beautiful baby girl, two months ago. They've been pretty nervous parents, so when my husband Tom, 42, and I, 37, were invited to finally meet our niece, I was thrilled, except I was worried about Tom making a butt out of himself. You see, Tom and Marie have always had a hard time getting along because they don't agree on nearly anything, and Tom's always gotten a kick out of challenging Marie on their differing views because they're both very opinionated. The thing is to Tom, it's funny to watch Marie act when he says things to provoke her, and Marie always wants to prove his views wrong. In his head, because she was in grad school for social sciences, she finished right before having her baby, and is knowledgeable about the topics that Tom wants to argue about, Marie shouldn't have a problem with debating him because it's literally her job. In the past, both Tom and Marie have initiated these arguments, and they both have been guilty of taking it too far in the past. But ever since she got pregnant slash had a baby, Marie's calmed down a lot, whereas Tom still tries to bait her into debates about touchy subjects, mainly politics and personal values. This got to the point where Marie blocked him on all social media a few months ago. Before we went to visit, I asked Tom to just be nice to Marie and Zach and not start anything. Tom said that he would try his best. I told him that I would be very upset with him if he tried to bait Marie or Zach into an argument. Tom started out the evening pretty strong and kept to himself, until it was revealed that Zach was going to be the one to stay home with their daughter. Tom made a comment like, Oh, I thought mom was supposed to do that. Zach said it was pretty sexist for Tom to say that, and when Tom asked how, Zach told him that moms can have careers too, and that Marie shouldn't have to give up all the work she just did. Tom started on a tangent, and Marie cut him off and told him to either quit or leave, because she's done entertaining his nonsense. Tom laughed it off, but it was still very awkward after this. We didn't stay for long after, and when we got home, I told Tom that I'm done with him embarrassing me and that he's not allowed to join me whenever I visit Marie again, if I'm even invited back. I told him that it doesn't make him look smart when he always insists on having these conversations, that it just makes him look like a jerk and me like a fool. Tom said I'm blowing this way out of proportion and that it's not his fault they got so offended and that if anything, they were rude to kick him out over his opinion. But Marie didn't do anything to him this time. She didn't snap back at him. She didn't call him names. She just asked him to stop. Am I the jerk? Am I being unreasonable? I've known people in my life like Tom. The people who have very strong opinions. And if your opinion varies from them, especially in like a perceived weakness kind of way, they will try to trample all over that. I think OP is not the jerk. 
My question is, while Marie's done entertaining his nonsense, is OP ever going to be done entertaining his nonsense? I just can't imagine waking up in bed next to somebody every single day that has such a huge character flaw that I can't get over. And it's something that I'm willing to bet that OP might not have mentioned, but they probably do to OP as well. Our next story is from BlueCarrot002. Am I the jerk for buying personalized stationery for my daughter so it can't be redistributed in class? My little girl Mia, 9-year-old female, has started a new school recently. We moved recently and she had to start a new school. I got a list of supplies that the teacher required, plus extras like extra packs of crayons, etc. You know the deal. While I don't necessarily agree with this, it's not a hill I was willing to die on. So I got everything on that list. However, I also got my child her own supplies. Now, the list didn't say to not label them. Mia is very particular on what type of stationery she likes. I've heard horror stories of kids stuff being redistributed and them ending up with crappy supplies. So I sat down with Mia and we got her personalized binders and notebooks and pencils with her name on Etsy. It's all part of the item so it can't be removed and given to another kid. Like I said, as requested, I bought extra binders, etc. It turns out that I was right to do so. When Mia got home, she brought a passive-aggressive note from the teacher about Mia's supplies. Apparently, she tried to gather all the supplies and have kids pick another one. She requested that I switch Mia's supplies to generic ones, which I'm refusing to do. The teacher has now requested that I stop by to have a chat regarding Mia's supplies. I posted in the local Facebook group and parents are divided, so I need another opinion before I go meet with Mia's teacher. Am I the jerk for buying my child personalized stationery so it can't be taken away from her? I just fail to see in any worldview how you can be the jerk for buying your kid supplies for school with the intention that your kid is the one who uses those school supplies. What the teacher's doing here is showing the ugly side of communism. No, comrade, your binder is my binder. This next story is from an anonymous poster. Am I the jerk for telling my husband that if he doesn't stop his daughter, I'll ban her from our celebration? I, 42-year-old female, got married to my boyfriend Jack, 47-year-old male, a year ago. We both have children from our previous marriages. I have two daughters and he has one son and one daughter. The problem is is that his daughter, Melissa, 27-year-old female, is very catty. Ever since I and my daughter have come in their lives, she's despised us. I never came into this relationship thinking I'd have any sort of authority or parental role in their lives. I respected their relationship with their dad and never got in the middle. Deep down, I think Melissa's very jealous of my daughter, 24-year-old female. Melissa has repeatedly had meltdowns on any important day for Celeste and try to control her special days. The reason I think it's jealousy is because Celeste is successful almost has her PhD in psychology, engaged to a good woman, and is beautiful. Celeste throughout all of this has stayed cordial. However, last night, while talking about the plans for Celeste's graduation party, my husband asked if we could accommodate Melissa by making the day also about her. I told him no, and that when Melissa has an accomplishment, we will celebrate her. He got upset and said he told her we would, and that she was already making plans. I told him if he doesn't stop her, I will uninvite her. He's been mad at me since. Am I the jerk? This is going on with their 27-year-old daughter? This is the kind of behavior that you would expect out of a 7-year-old daughter. 
If OP went and banned them, they wouldn't be the jerk for that. You got some deep-rooted issues to be doing that at 27 years old. And I think it's pretty clear the husband has excessively coddled her. To me, I don't mean to be rude, but it seems like she's kind of stunted. If you're that hung up on some 24-year-old having a celebration for their graduation because it's not about you, there's some deep issues going on here. Our next story is from Wonderful Life, 1837. Am I the jerk for not wanting to share my parents' inheritance with my sister? We live in Germany. My parents did a legal procedure with some lawyers to leave my sister out of their inheritance. My sister and my parents never had a good relationship. She left the house when she was 16. I've always been kind of neutral. I still saw my sister after she left, but I also lived with my parents and took care of them. I know my parents have been unfair to my sister, but they're still my parents and I love them. My dad died from cancer six years ago and my mother had dementia. She died last year. I took care of both of them until they sadly passed away. As I said, they did something with some lawyers and put the house and other stuff in my name when they got sick, so my sister wouldn't have anything. Yet, when my mother died, I offered to my sister to give her half of what my parents gave me, but she refused and said she didn't need anything from them. I spent the money. I'm now living in my parents' house, but I need to fix it a bit. I also opened a bakery, which still isn't doing good. I opened four months ago and paid debts and stuff. My sister contacted me to ask for the money I offered before because she has debts and she needs it. I told her I can't give it to her anymore because I have debts too and I'm counting on using the money. She called me and told me her children will be homeless if I don't give her the money. I feel bad, but I can't help her now. I have some money from the heritage, but as I said, I'm counting on that money to pay my own debts. Am I wrong for not wanting to share this money with her? So from the get-go, this was an inheritance that OP's parents always intended to go to OP. OP never had to offer the money to begin with. That was just an extremely generous thing. So for them to deny it and then come crawling back? No, they're not entitled to this money to begin with. OP's not the jerk. Our next story is from Sad Advantage 8869 Am I the jerk for taking back my grandmother's heirloom veil and not letting my future daughter-in-law wear it? So I really need an unbiased opinion and can't get one in my real life? I have two children, Caleb, 29, and Anna, 24. They've always been close up until this issue. Anna was bullied in middle and high school by Violet, 25. We did go to the school multiple times, as well as talk to Violet's dad, and to put it bluntly, I could see where she got it from. The bullying affected Anna's self-esteem, social relationships, and their senior year, Violet slept with Anna's boyfriend, which devastated her. Long story short, Caleb got a very impressive job opportunity he just couldn't turn down, but it meant working for Violet's dad. We all encouraged him to take it, but were blindsided when he later revealed he was dating Violet. They've now been together for two and a half years and the wedding is coming up. I'm absolutely not happy about this and Caleb is aware. Violet has apologized to Anna and Anna is willing to be civil with her for things like holidays. Caleb is very defensive if the bullying is brought up and says Violet experienced a great deal of trauma as a teenager and we need to be forgiving. Now the issue at hand is the veil. My grandmother had a vintage designer veil a very unique pattern, and I previously said Caleb and Anna could both use it for their weddings if they wanted to. My wife, with no prior discussion, gave it to Violet, who loved it. 
She's really into vintage fashion and even specifically picked a dress to compliment it. Anna recently expressed that it was hurtful to her. She didn't want Violet to have a family heirloom and it felt too much like erasing history. I immediately understood and told Caleb and Violet that she couldn't wear it. I said when I told Caleb he could use it, I obviously couldn't anticipate the girl he was going to bring home. Violet gave it back to me, but Caleb blew up and uninvited me from the wedding. Now my wife is angry at Anna and I and says I need to give it back to Violet. She said Caleb never truly seemed happy before. True. And that if I was a good dad, I would at least like Violet for making him happy. She said I'm coddling Anna, favoring her over Caleb, and she threatened to steal the veil and sneak it to the wedding. Well, first of all, I think OP's not the jerk, because it's their grandmother's heirloom, not their grandmother-in-law's heirloom. So for the wife already to go behind OP's back and try to give that away, that's not cool. Second of all, this is all about just trying to protect Anna's sanity. To people who weren't affected, high school bullying might be like a, oh, just leave it in the past, you can move past it. But it doesn't exactly work that way, and honestly, for somebody like Anna, I can see how that would completely ruin the grandmother's heirloom veil forever. Because why would Anna want to use it? It would just go to be unused after that. Or you would give the grandmother's heirloom veil to somebody that's not in your immediate family. And our final story of the day is from Texas Stargazer 18. Am I the jerk for not telling my roommate that I bought a house until after I closed? I recently closed on a property and didn't tell my roommate until after I closed. My roommate was a good friend of 8 years until they reacted poorly to this news. I didn't feel comfortable telling them as I was going through the home buying process due to a number of factors including the fact that I wasn't sure if I was ever going to land the plane since my bank didn't make the mortgage process easy for me. I'm the type of person who tries not to share premature news. However, upon telling them yesterday morning, they freak out and tell me I should have looped them in on the process because that's what friends do when they're a stakeholder in my life. They're hurt because I didn't tell them earlier and it damages our relationship because I withheld the news. I tried to soften the blow of the news by getting them cupcakes, but they threw the cupcakes clear across the room once they heard of the news. I honestly don't think it was incumbent on me to share the news before I felt comfortable. And given how they're reacting, I think my senses were right. This is also not going to impact them financially either, as I'm giving them more than 30 days notice to find a new living situation. Am I the jerk? I think OP's not the jerk here. I mean, I think the fact of the matter is they're acting out because it kind of sucks that they're going to have to find another apartment to rent. They're probably going to have to find another roommate. They were probably more than comfortable staying there with their friend of eight years but they have to accept that people move on. And I don't think OP's obligated to go to their friend and be like, Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Okay, so I might not get the house at all, but I'm looking around for a place to live and rock the boat before it's even a sure thing. Am I the jerk for telling my daughter I won't be paying for her college unless she attempts a relationship with my family? 
I, 38-year-old male, have a 19-year-old daughter, Ariel, with my ex-wife, Lauren, 39-year-old female. We had Ariel too young, and it was a huge struggle. We moved into Lauren's families. I was working multiple jobs. Me and Lauren were best friends through all this, but things ended when Ariel was two. Lauren's friend Tori, 38-year-old female, told me that Lauren had been messaging guys, and when they went out, she would give out her number. I checked Lauren's phone and found it. I asked for a divorce. Lauren was pissed and wanted to reconcile. I didn't and got split custody. Lauren made my life heck. Lauren badmouthed me, would miss pickup times, and make decisions without talking to me. Her dad offered money to relinquish custody. I told him off. Ariel's now 19 and just started college. The deal was me and her mom would split it. I remarried Tori when Ariel was 6. Tori was a rock during the divorce, but we didn't date till 2 years later. Lauren used this to warp Ariel against Tori and our son, 13 year old male. She excludes them. Whenever she spends the night, she'll just talk to me or go to her room if my family was around. Our son walks to the basement if she comes over. It hurts me a lot. I've spent thousands on therapy before people bring that up. It's still being utilized. But at this point, Ariel is being nasty for the sake of it. Her mom has convinced her I cheated with her friend and had a baby. Which is funny because, as I've pointed out, the timelines don't even match up. I've done everything at this point, including family time, one-on-one, and therapy. Ariel is plain rude to them and they are done trying. Ariel graduated from high school in May and hosted a party. I was invited, but my family wasn't. I told Ariel I found that disrespectful, so I would send a card but wouldn't be going. She didn't care, and we haven't spoken since. I get a call from Lauren saying she paid the first semester and was wondering when I would be paying. I said I was no longer paying, as I'm not pulling money out of my household when Ariel is disrespectful to two-thirds of it. My ex went off, saying we had an agreement. I reminded her of when her dad tried to buy my custody and said, you have what you've always wanted, full control and custody. You won, so figure it out then texted her that I've been putting up with this long enough. She got her 18 years of child support from me, so until she planned on setting the record straight, I was done with both of them, and blocked her. I called Ariel and told her the same, gave the reasons I'm not paying and told her she needed to look into loans. But I would pay for college if she at least tried to form a bond with my family, because she created this situation with her attitude. So if she wants my help, she needs to attempt it. She started crying, but I didn't fall for it. I told her what my expectations were and to let me know what her plan is so I can move the money around. My wife's on my side here, saying we've been the bad guys for long enough, but I'm getting crap from others. Am I the jerk? A lot of people might say that OP is the jerk because they had made the commitment to their kid, but while the kid grew up, OP was demonized by the kid for really no reason, and in pretty much every way, he and his family were rejected. Just how can you in confidence spend thousands on somebody that, for no legitimate reason, will not give you the time of day at all? Personally, I think it sucks, especially considering how late OP was to say that they weren't going to pay for it. But I know inside, if I was in OP situation, I would want to do the same thing. Is OP the jerk here for not paying here after making that commitment? I'd like to know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from sock number 7319. Am I the jerk for changing the door locks back after my wife changed them? I, 30-year-old male, have a beautiful wife who loves to serve others. 
We bought a home down the street from my family. I have a sweet sister, 17, who likes to crash at our house with her friends. My wife normally is pretty easygoing until recently. My sister's friends have been leaving messes, mostly towels on the floor after using our pool. My wife got upset picking up after them every day. I've asked my sister to make sure the house is clean after they leave, and it has been better. My wife also complained that some of her perfumes and clothes and personal items have gone missing. My sister said it's not her. I believe my sister. I just don't see her doing that. I told my wife and we agreed to just replace them. Last week, my wife made a couple of pans of cinnamon rolls from scratch. One pan was for us. The second pan was for a co-worker's family who's experiencing a tragedy. My wife went to the gym, I went to work, and my sister and her friends came by. The one pan wasn't enough for her and her friends. They wanted the second pan of cinnamon rolls, and my sister texted my wife asking if they could eat them. My wife said no. They ate them anyways. My wife, upset, went and bought new locks. When I came home, my wife handed me a new key and told me that she didn't want anyone else to have a key to our house. I tried to calm her down and tell her that I would just go and replace the eaten cinnamon rolls with store-bought ones. My wife decided that this was her hill to die on and said no. My sister lost the privilege to come when we're not home. Replacing stolen items wasn't good enough anymore. My mom called and asked if my sister could use the pool as a back-to-school party. I was under the impression my mom would be there. I said yes. My mom was at work and our schedules clashed. The easiest solution was for me to change the locks back so that they could come into the house. My mom didn't come with my sister. When my wife got home after the party, it was a mess. She sent me photos. She called me a jerk for changing the locks without talking to her about it. Keep in mind, she did too. Then told me I broke her trust. She wasn't safe in her home because she keeps getting robbed and I refused to put an end to it. I did talk to my sister, then my wife let me know that she was staying with a friend for a while. Am I the jerk here? I feel like I've tried to right any wrongs that have happened between my wife and my sister. I think OP's the jerk, and I think the real issue here is not that OP is or isn't making up for these issues, it's the fact that they're not actually being addressed when OP just keeps applying band-aids. The sister and her friends should be able to have the common sense that when they visit somebody else's house, they don't just trash the place and leave it in rough shape, eat your stuff and take your things. OP is continuously allowing their wife's personal space to be violated and then trying to band-aid fix it and say, it's okay, I can patch up whatever issues they keep causing every single time they come over, rather than actually do something to stop the issue. Our next story is from SND19i. Am I the jerk for not helping my parents when they're homeless? My parents are terrible with money. When I, 27-year-old female, was little, my father gambled away all the savings. About $100,000 in risky penny stocks, which got wiped out in 2008. And we were forced to move into a single bedroom and a house for the three of us. Then my mom fell for an MLM, and you can imagine what happened. They lost the down payment to the house they were saving for. I begged them not to sign up for it since I saw it was clearly a scam and showed them evidence it was and they just laughed at me and ignored me. They lost about $28,000 from that. Then recently they fall for a college sign-up scam and lost $32,000. They weren't signing up for college, they just needed a loan and tried to go through a private broker who promised to get them a school loan that they would use on whatever they wanted. I went with them to see the broker and told them it was a scam and they ignored me. 
So basically, they were trying to scam the government and got scammed instead. I actually tried to pry the pen away from my father's hand when I got desperate as he was writing down his bank info and social security number and he screamed at me that I was embarrassing him and did it anyway. Again, they lost money and now they're homeless because their credit is crap and they can barely afford even crappy apartments. They probably can't get that money back since they have little documentation on the broker and what he promised. Now they live in their car and are begging me for money. I have about $100,000 saved waiting to buy a house and they know about it because I stupidly told them I was saving for a house. And now are calling me and showing up at my apartment asking for money. They also want to move in in the meantime, but my roommate and I agreed visitation from friends or family is max a week to prevent resentment and if my parents move in, they will probably refuse to move out. They're going to food pantries and honestly I can't find it in myself to be that sympathetic since they don't listen to me until they need my money. I think this is a painful one but I think OP's not the jerk here. Is it a cruel thing not to help out your parents here when all their lives they've blown not insignificant sums of money? I'd like to know your guys' thoughts. And by the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is from Doggy Dag. Am I the jerk for not telling my landlord I had bought a house? I'd been renting from a landlord for a few years, and he was a pretty typical landlord. Take the rent, do a few repairs as cheap as possible, etc. I'm sure you know the drill. He also was kind of late on stuff. Like, every year the lease says renewals should be sent out two months before the end of the lease to give the option. And every year he procrastinates until the last week or two of the lease. I was looking to buy my first house, and I closed on one four months before my lease was up, but I kept some overlap so I could live in the apartment while repairing the house. Two months before the lease was up, like usual, my landlord forgot to send out the renewals. I thought of telling him I wouldn't be renewing, then I remembered that my neighbors who moved had trouble with him bringing way too many potential tenants to tour. Nobody wanted the apartment because the online listing was a bait and switch so people would see something looking in good repair, then come to tour and see it was crap. And nobody wanted to sign the lease, so he just kept bringing more and more people instead of making an honest listing at an honest price. So I didn't say anything. I just kept fixing up the house and moving my stuff. Then one week before my lease expired, my landlord texted me the renewal. I actually didn't see it because I had my phone on don't disturb, but the next morning he kept texting wanting my signed renewal. I told him I didn't plan on renewing and he got really angry, demanding to know what apartment I was moving to next. I got the impression he wanted to call my next landlord to witch about me. Anyway, I told him I was moving back in with my parents. I didn't want to tell him about the house because of the temper he was getting with me. He started showing the apartment right away, but I'd already finished moving out, so it didn't bother me. But when I stopped by to turn in my keys and ask for my security deposit, He got angry saying that I had some nerve asking for $1,300 when I just screwed him out of a month of rent by not giving notice. I told him that the security deposit was for damages and if he wanted to withhold it, he would have to send over an itemized list of damages and receipts for repairs. He gave me the security deposit back, but yelled at me that he took care of his tenants. And I was selfish for leaving without notice. I just left, but I guess I'm feeling kind of conflicted. On one hand, it's literally his job, 
his only job to handle leases and find out who's renewing. And if he forgot, that's not really my problem. But I also know I knew I was leaving for the better part of a year, and I told him with less than a week. Am I the jerk for not telling my landlord I bought a house? I think if OP doesn't have a contractual obligation to report that they don't intend to renew within a certain time frame, then it's literally exactly that. They don't have an obligation to, and they shouldn't feel bad about it. Sucks for them, sure, but like, what really is it to you to worry about the financial situation of a, from what sounds to be, fairly crappy landlord? Our next story is from Life Departure 2569 Am I the jerk for contacting child services on my ex-wife? The title sounds horrifying, and forgive me for that, but there's no other way to say what happened. Before anything, let me give you guys some context of our situation. I was married to my ex-wife for 15 years. We married really young at 18, which definitely isn't a good idea. That being said, we have two children together, a boy and a girl. My kids are everything to me, and even after our divorce, I make sure to be present in their lives. We have a shared custody of the children. They stay four days a week with her and three with me. I've always wanted to increase their time with me, but my ex has always fought against it. However, I live close enough that whenever they feel like, they call me and I go out to see them or take them out. I want to make sure that my children have a good standard in life, as I'm quite comfortable myself as an entrepreneur. I pay a good amount of child support to them, an equivalent of $10,000, $5,000 each, monthly. This was not an order by the state, but requested by me. I want them to be able to live comfortably and not struggle. I also pay for their health care, insurance, bills, etc., and private school. However, I went to pick them up this past Thursday, as they would be with me till Sunday, When I picked them up, I noticed they were wearing some old clothes, which didn't seem like a problem. They were just home before I got them, so I thought they were in just what they felt comfortable. Unfortunately, that wasn't really the case. When we got home and I was unpacking their bags, I noticed all the clothes they bought were old and tattered. I asked my daughter why their clothes were so tattered. I mean, kids usually have favorite pieces of clothing, so I thought this was the case. She told me that her mother said they couldn't buy new clothes because she was saving up. Now, that was a bit strange. If they were planning an expensive situation, she could have reached out. And I'd pay for the kids. They're also my children. She never mentioned anything. I took both of them out that day and bought plenty of new clothes. That being said, this was something that really bothered me. My brother and his came by that night and I talked to him about that. They also thought that it was a very strange situation and that I should look into it. Now, I don't have the best relationship with my ex, and I'm not going to poke my nose in her life, so I called Child Protective Services and told them what happened and that I was concerned. Here in my country, they investigate these kinds of things. Well, my ex just called me and she was absolutely enraged. Jerk was the less aggressive adjective she used for me. Apparently she was indeed saving the child support for something, but she never told me what. Regardless, she's extremely irritated, and my mother and father seem to agree that I should have talked to her first. I was concerned, but read it. Am I the jerk here? Our next story is from Isabella J8383. Am I the jerk for not letting my daughter cut her hair for her stepsister? I'm 32-year-old female. My daughter Mia, 12-year-old female, has a stepsister Jenny, 15-year-old female, who has cancer. I don't know too much about it, but I know her hair is falling out. Recently, Jenny's mom, Lauren, 38-year-old female, texted me to say that Mia's hair appointment is on Wednesday. 
I asked her what she meant and she said that Mia was going to shave her head to show that she supports Jenny. I told her my daughter has nothing to do with Jenny's cancer and that they aren't even close and there's other ways of showing support. Mia wasn't even aware of the fact that she was getting her hair shaved off or the fact that the appointment was even made. I asked Mia if it would be something she's open to but it isn't. Mia's dad Liam thinks this can be a bonding experience for both of the girls and I wouldn't want to get in the way of that. I told them that they didn't even talk about it with me and Mia. I don't think I was wrong in what I did, but my stepmom and dad think that I'm not thinking about how Jenny feels. I think this is such an open and shut book, OP and their daughter don't want it to happen. They were never informed of this hair appointment. This whole thing is ridiculous. The only thing not ridiculous here is poor Jenny. Our next story is from Pink Squid 5. Am I the jerk for telling my ex's girlfriend I was never married to him and yelling at him when he confronted me? I was never married to my ex, although we were engaged and we share a daughter together. His girlfriend recently asked me why we divorced, and I explained that we were never married, but we broke up because I had bad postnatal depression. She started crying after I told her and told me my ex and his family made her get an abortion because they wouldn't accept an out-of-wedlock baby. She asked me if they tried the same with me, and I told her that they hadn't. However, his family did the same to my friend who was dating his brother. My ex was supposed to drop our daughter home yesterday, but came alone so he could confront me and tell me to stay out of his relationship. I ended up yelling at him and telling him he was no better than his brother and that I couldn't believe I had a baby with someone like him. He yelled at me for interfering in his life and because I told him I didn't want my daughter around him or his family if this was the type of influence they were going to be on her. Am I the jerk? I think OP's not the jerk here and from what I understand, it doesn't seem like OP was the one initiating this discussion. So like while OP had this discussion and I guess you could say that's getting involved or whatever, it's not something OP went out of their way to engage and get involved with. His girlfriend started it so he needs to shut up and accept that. Our next story is from T Groundbreaking 345. Am I the jerk for telling my mom and stepdad that they don't get to dictate my wedding guest list unless they're paying for my wedding? So my wedding's coming up at the end of the year, and for months, my mom and stepdad have been on my case about the guest list. My fiancé and I are paying for the wedding, and we already knew who we did and didn't want to add to the guest list before we sat down to our invites. I already had them on my case about my step-siblings needing to have a full role in the wedding, and not be treated different to my sister, but they also try to insist I invite my stepdad's family. Some background, my dad died when I was seven, my sister was five. His family were always a big part of our lives. Mom's family was never involved. She married stepdad when I was nine, and his family lived pretty scattered, so not much contact, but they sent stuff occasionally. He had kids ranging from eight down to three. We all lived together and there was drama because out of all of us, my sister and I were the ones with extended family involved in our life who showed up for the school plays and the graduations. They weren't involved in my step-siblings' lives. Step-siblings had no actual active grandparents who they saw. Their mom wasn't in the picture either. There was always some pressure added to my sister and I to make sure we loved and saw them as real siblings so they at least had a solid, strong, nuclear family. That didn't happen though. I love my sister more. I care about my sister more. To me, she's my real sibling and they're not the same. I already put my foot down that I wasn't going to give my step-siblings roles for the wedding. 
My sister is my best person, along with my best friend. My fiancé has her sister and her brother as her people of honor. That's it. That has been a fight. An even bigger one has been my stepdad's family. Mom said that they're my family too, and that means they deserve an invite. I hardly know those people. They're not important to me. It's been argued that my mom, stepdad, and step-siblings would feel more comfortable with family of theirs present, since my dad's side isn't part of their lives. I argue that it's mine and my fiancé's wedding, and we're not inviting just anyone. After a lot of pressure, I said they could not dictate our guest list unless they want to pay for the wedding. I know they can't, so it was never a concern that they would offer. They said I had no right to demand they pay for the wedding. I said I hadn't demanded they pay. I had just pointed out that if they want specific people there, they would need to pay for that. But they can't, and so they need to let it go. They called me rude and said I was using my wedding as a weapon to hurt them. They also called me entitled. Am I the jerk? I think OP's not the jerk, and I think OP is entitled. Entitled to have their wedding the way they want to have their wedding. Especially if they're the ones paying for it. The family drama and pressure sucks, but I'm fully on OP's side here. Our next story is from TA moving out. Am I the jerk for removing all the improvements I made to my room and my parents' house after they announced that I would have to move? I, 25-year-old female, live with my parents, 50-year-old female and 55-year-old male, because it's very close to my service and it's a very expensive area. I can currently live alone, but I didn't because I never needed it and my parents didn't ask. As time went on and I earned more, I put in air conditioning, made my room smart, a smart assistant, as well as the house, put a very good shower in the guest bathroom, which I eventually added to my bedroom, I bought quality furniture for my room, etc. My room turned out to be the best in the house because of the changes I made. And yes, I paid rent to my parents, quite fat by the way. It's been three months since they came to talk to me, saying it was time for me to change because they wanted to have their moment alone now, and I was able to live on my own. I agreed. After all, I was just living there for ease and convenience. I found a house and I would need to make all the changes I planned. So in order to not have to buy it when I have it, I replaced all the sockets, bulbs, and switches to smart ones, and the shower with common ones. I paid for them all and this increase in energy I paid too. I also removed the air conditioner and paid to plug the hole it leaves. Besides, of course, all the furniture in my room and the smart assistants scattered around the house, my parents started complaining that I shouldn't take everything out as they were in common use. They were planning to move his room to mine and that with these changes, I made my room worse and the house in general too. It's just not smart. Everything I bought was quality. I said that they asked me to move and I'm taking everything I bought because I needed to have other expenses. I made a payment on the house and these items were all bought by me, and all the increase in energy I had was paid only by me too, and that if they wanted to buy, I can help them search online, but I would take these items. They called me selfish because I made the house worse and removed the items in common use, as they were already used to the smart home. They complained even more when I didn't want to leave the 65-inch smart TV in my room as a gift for them, I didn't leave it because it's new and it was too expensive. I moved a week ago, but they're still upset. All items are brand new, most less than a year old. Am I the jerk? All of these items belong to OP. As much as OP's parents would have loved for OP to pack up 
and leave everything behind so they can just move into this palace that OP built in their room, it was some real wishful thinking. Considering OP made their own money and paid for all of these things out of pocket themselves off of their own prerogative to do so, the parents might make you feel bad, but OP had every right to take it with them. This next story is from Sleepy All the Time 55. Am I the jerk for telling my stepmom that I won't give up my room so her daughter can have it? So I, female 16, live with my dad since he and my mom split up, and just recently he got married to Kelly. Kelly has a daughter, 13, and a son, 9, and they just moved in with us. My dad and I's house has four rooms, the master bedroom has a bathroom inside of it, and my room is just a little smaller, but it also has a bathroom in the room too. Then there's two rooms that don't have a bathroom but have walk-in closets, unlike mine. All of the rooms have beds and dressers, you know, all the stuff that makes a room a room without the personal decorations that you choose. When they came to move in, her daughter ran straight past one of the vacant rooms and into mine. My walls are purple and I have Marvel and DC posters hanging up on the wall. I also have a mirror attached to my dresser with lights around it. So once I showed her son to the room he would be sleeping in, I went into my room and saw her bringing her stuff into my room. So I told her that this isn't her room and that she has one of the rooms with no decorations. She immediately started flipping out, started yelling she was going to tell her mom and my dad that I'm being mean to her and trying to bully her because she was younger. Her mom and my dad came into the room due to all the yelling and asked what was going on. And so I told them that she thinks my room is hers and she won't leave. But she said this has to be her room because it's her favorite color, purple, and it has a bathroom so it has to be hers. My dad explained to her that she can get her room painted whatever color she wants, and we can get you the posters and pictures she wanted also, but she said she doesn't want a room that doesn't have a bathroom, so this one should be hers. Her mom ended up agreeing with her, saying that I've had this room for a very long time and can just restart in the other room and I should give it to her since she's younger. So I told her that I won't give up my room because this has all my stuff and I'm comfortable in my room. So her daughter will have to go to the only other available room. She's saying that I'm being rude and mean to my new little sister and should be reasonable and give her my room and be the bigger person and act my age and not a little kid. So am I the jerk? I think OP is not the jerk here and frankly I think the stepmom needs to be careful here. Because despite OP being 16 years old and hopefully a little bit more mature, the stepmom is already off to a rapid start of trying to alienate OP and make them feel like second rate. You know, hey, we've moved in here and my children get priority over you. Kick rocks and go get in that other bedroom, kid. You've been here for a very long time and are well settled here. Therefore, you should give it up? What kind of logic is that? I think OP's not the jerk, and I think OP's entitled to that room until whatever time it's decided that OP should leave that house. And our final story of the day is from Throwaway594297. Am I the jerk for mentioning my best friend's former crush on me in a speech at his wedding? Okay, I'm currently in a predicament, and frankly, I could really use some opinions. For backstory, I, female 27, met one of my best friends, Christian, male 26, back in 2010 during our freshman year of high school. We became friends and remained close over the years since, making a lot of great memories and sharing mutual close friends. From 2013 to 2016, Christian had pretty serious unrequited feelings for me. However, he eventually got over me and I had never even let his feelings harm our friendship. If anything, our friendship honestly got closer after he got over me. 
In early 2018, Christian met Victoria, female 29, at a bar and they hit it off. They started dating after two weeks, got engaged in late 2021, and the wedding happened yesterday night. It was honestly a great time, as I watched with my parents and mutual friends as this kid I've known for 12 years was getting married to the love of his life. Plus, Victoria and I honestly had a pretty decent relationship, and according to Christian, she didn't really seem to care about his past feelings as time went on. Anyway, as the night kept going with a lot of music and dancing, I got up to eventually give a speech for Christian. I talked about how we first met, how much our lives changed since then, and just how great of a person Christian was. The attendees were clearly touched, and Christian and Victoria both looked happy. As I talked more about our history, I jokingly mentioned how Christian had the hots for me, but that didn't matter because he found his soulmate and that our friendship was stronger than some unrequited feelings. Most of the crowd laughed, and I could even see Christian smiling for a second before seeing Victoria's confused face. After the speech was over, I went over to the bar with a few friends. Christian came up and hugged me, thanking me for the speech. However, at our hotel, one of my other best friends, Devin, female 27, told me she had heard gossip from the bridesmaids that Victoria was really upset with me for bringing up Christian's previous feelings for me at the wedding. Apparently, Victoria genuinely had no issue with Christian's feelings, but felt it was inappropriate to mention them at a wedding. I sincerely intended no harm with my actions. Maybe I didn't read the room. Everyone I've told is honestly split on whether I'm the bad guy or not, so it's definitely been polarizing. Christian hasn't mentioned any of this to me, and I'm not sure I should ask him. Am I the jerk? I think OP is lightly the jerk. I think it was just kind of a weird thing to mention at the wedding. It's just unnecessary to talk about somebody having the hots for you at their wedding. It was just a little much. Am I the jerk for S-shaming my sister after I found a condom under my bed? Some info about me. I'm 23-year-old female, and I'm a sex-repulsed asexual. However, if someone loves it, I'm never ever rude to them or think bad about them. If they have a healthy sex life and they're happy, I'm happy for them too. So into the problem. My sister, 26-year-old female, came to visit me with her fiancé four days ago. They got engaged two weeks ago and I'm so, so happy for them. My sister knows that I'm asexual and how I feel about it in general. I asked her as nicely as I could that if they do anything sexual in the house that I don't want to see or hear anything or if they could wait until I left for school or the work or gym. She agreed and I thought that was it. However, the first night that they were here, I woke up to the weird sound and it took me a moment to realize what it was. They were hooking up in the next room, very loudly. They didn't even close mine or their doors. I just put my headphones on and listened to some music. Needless to say, I didn't sleep well at all, and it affected my school and job performance the next morning. There were a few more incidents after that when they hooked up in the shower and then again at night. The next morning, I asked her again as politely as I could if they could keep it down and wait till I leave the house. She smirked, apologized, and said it won't happen again and not to worry. Anyways, I was cleaning my room this morning and saw some trash under my bed. So I just took it out and when I saw what it was, I almost threw up. It was a used condom. I screamed, threw it on the floor, and just stood there in shock. My sister came to my room to see what was going on, and when she saw it, she looked surprised and then freaking laughed about it. She said, Oops, sorry. I was so mortified, and I could feel how I was about to cry. Which is stupid, I know, 
I asked her if they did it on my bed. Why didn't they clean up after themselves? She looked at me like I was a crazy person and just told me to stop overreacting and that people in a real relationship have sex all the time. How I should stop making being asexual and gay into my personality and that I need to grow up and that normal men and women are meant to have sex with each other and so on. This triggered me a lot since a lot of people have rejected me in the past because of my sexuality, which they have 100% the right to do. Anyways, this is where I could be the jerk. I told her that this is my house and these are my rules. And if they can't respect that, they can freak off. And also that if two grown butt people can't go one week without hooking up, it's very pathetic and sad. And they need to learn to control themselves better. She got really upset and started to cry. Her fiancé was in a store, so she called them and they left. They messaged me and said that I was a jerk and I ashamed my sister for being in love and that I need therapy for my problems. I don't think OP's the jerk here because while it's totally fine for them to be hooking up however much they want, it's not okay for them to be just doing it all over the house. There's a serious issue if they're going and doing it in somebody else's house that's not even theirs on somebody else's bed. That's just all kinds of messed up. If you were in a situation like OP where you found out that your own sibling slept on your bed and left used protection on your floor and also was not remorseful one bit about it, would you want to kick them out of your own house? Let me know how you guys would handle it in the comments down below. Our next story is from Emotional Duty 5051 Am I the jerk for making my daughter share her presence with my stepdaughter? I, 40-year-old female, was a single mother to my daughter Amy, 15-year-old female. I came out three years ago and married my wife Jenna, 42-year-old female, last year. She has a daughter, Nora, 13-year-old female. We all live together as I have full custody of my daughter. It was kind of hard for her to adjust to having a second mom, but they got along well. The girls have their birthdays very close, only two days apart. So we decided to have a joint birthday party for both of them, since Nora had a hard time making new friends. They moved in with us and she's very shy. Most of my family lives out of the country, so the gifts were sent a week early. It was a huge bag with at least 20 gifts. The party was nice and we opened the bag at night once everyone left. Jenna handed out the presents as she took them out. After 12 gifts in a row just for Amy... I checked the bag and froze to see that there was only one gift for Nora from my parents. She pretended it wasn't a big deal, but as she opened the present, I saw her eyes drop. It was a $15 tumbler from Walmart. Not to sound ungrateful, but Amy's gifts were much more expensive. Lots of gift cards over $100, a new phone, limited edition Funkos, designer clothes, and lots of cards wishing her a happy birthday. Needless to say, I blew up the family chat, calling out my parents, siblings, and extended family who sent gifts for not considering Nora and my parents for the cheap gift. No one took me seriously since it's not our duty to give gifts to someone else's kid and Amy deserved them since I didn't even throw her her own birthday party, emphasizing that Jenna and Nora are my problem, not theirs. Nora was clearly hurt since it's not the first time my family's left her out. At night, I asked Amy to share some of the gifts with her stepsister. Not all of them, just a couple of gift cards and some of the new clothes. Amy refused. This surprised me since she never had a problem with sharing, and even though she and Nora aren't BFFs, they usually get along. 
After asking why, Amy started crying, saying that she never wanted a joint birthday party and that I force her to share everything with Nora. They share a room for space and I make sure they're both invited to the same parties and sleepovers so that Nora won't be left out. If they don't invite both of them, then either of them goes. Amy stated that she at least wanted her own gifts to be hers alone. I scolded her for being selfish with her stepsister, grounded her, and took a couple of the presents to give to Nora. She turned them down because she didn't want problems with Amy and it felt like pity. Since then, Amy's been cold to all of us. I just wanted my two girls to be closer with the joint party and have the same things. Am I the jerk? So I think OP is the jerk here. Honestly, I get why OP had the double party. You know, the birthdays are so close. But as a kid that had a sibling with a close birthday, the idea of having a double joint birthday didn't seem very enticing. You want to be able to have a birthday that's all your own. Secondly, I don't know if this is going to be controversial of me to say, but for your relatives, I believe they really don't have to feel obligated to get gifts for somebody that is in no way actually related to them. You know, it's one thing if it's your adopted kid, but this is a stepchild that came from another couple. It's just harder, I think, to expect relatives to accept that with open arms. And lastly, taking the gifts away to try to even the score because you felt like they got shafted there? I don't agree with that, and it only stands to create more animosity between the girls. Our next story is from an anonymous poster. Am I the jerk for telling my parents they're not welcome in my apartment anymore because they had sex in my bed? I'm 23 and living in my apartment that I share with a roommate. My parents came to visit the other day, and I let them stay in my room and sleep in my bed, and I take a blow-up mattress in the guest room, unfurnished for a few nights. My parents woke me up last night because they were hooking up loudly in my room. I was shocked. My dad came out afterwards naked, cupping his junk to walk to the bathroom across the hallway, knowing I would be able to see him. The guest room has no door. I told him, in my freaking bed? And he laughed at me. The next morning when they woke up, they came out and asked if I wanted them to wash my duvet cover. I said they better wash all my sheets, including the ones on my bed. They understood the implication and asked me why I was so upset and angry. Admittedly, this is where I think I could be the jerk. I did get very emotional and angry. I don't know why. I cry when I get really emotional, so I started crying and yelling that what they did was disrespectful and gross, and that they're never welcome back in my apartment because they came here and hooked up in my bed and made me listen to it. I went in my room, threw all their stuff out, including their bags and sheets, and shut the door. My mom told me I was being unreasonable and that I should think about how I'm treating them. Now, I love my mom. She is the sweetest woman alive so I do feel bad about yelling at her. She told me it wasn't fair for me to be upset with them because they had no way of knowing the rules. It would have been different if it were a guest room bed or if they were on the blow-up mattress. It disgusts me that they were in my room where I keep all my things, where I have all my pictures up of me and my partner and my stuffed animals. I find it gross that they couldn't even go two nights without hooking up to be respectful to me and my space. For a little background, my parents have always shamed me for my sexuality. When I lost my virginity at 17, my dad had a period where he refused to pay for anything for me. Food, clothes, etc. On the principle that I was a woman now, and he was no longer responsible for me. 
My mom told me that I was giving away the milk, sex, for free, and that nobody would want to buy the cow, me. I feel like this made me extra upset since I've never been allowed to exist as a sexual being to them, but they can shove theirs in my face by doing it in my bed. So am I the jerk for how I reacted? I know I got emotional, but I still feel like what they did was deeply disrespectful. Also, my roommate wasn't home at the time. I think it would be really, really uncomfortable and gross feeling if, you know, my parents did that kind of thing. I feel like it would probably be a mostly similar reaction for pretty much everybody out there. I don't think OP's the jerk. I think that's pretty disgusting. And as much as they want to say, well, I didn't know the rules, just ask yourself, is hooking up in your kid's bed a nice thing to do? Could they possibly be upset about this? Disgusted? Think about how you would feel if it was your parents in your bed. There probably wasn't a rule discussed because it's assumed that that's not going to happen. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. That said, our next story is from throwaway0000. Am I the jerk for taking my BFF to a wedding after boyfriend invites his children? I, female 30, have been with my boyfriend, male 33, for a little over a year, 16 months. Boyfriend has four children, 12-year-old male, two 7-year-old females, and a 5-year-old male from a previous relationship. I met the children around our 7th month of dating after meeting their mom around month 5. Bio mom and I get along well. I understand her concerns of being replaced and assured her I'm not trying to take her place in any way. On to the situation. About three months ago, I received an invitation to the wedding of a friend. I'm allotted a plus one and naturally invited my boyfriend. We discussed the theme of the wedding, cannabis wedding, transportation, open bar, and a few other details. I also discussed these plans with my BFF, female 31, in case there was an emergency. She's my support system as I'm low contact with my family. Fast forward to the big day, after spending months discussing plans, boyfriend shows up to pick me up for the wedding, with his four children in the back seats. I look at him with a confused look and ask him what's going on. He says, what do you mean? I say, why are the kids in the car? Did you forget you were picking me up for the wedding today? He says, I didn't forget. I just thought this would be a good family outing. At this point, my mind was blown and I'm frustrated. I asked him why he thought that, seeing as how we discussed the plans. He said it's not a big deal, they'll only be attending the ceremony. I inform him that my invite is for me and my plus one, not a plus five. And besides, nothing about this event is appropriate for children. He then says, okay, we can skip the wedding and just have a family day. I told him absolutely not and that his bad decision making was not going to be my problem. Sent him on his way, called my BFF, and two hours later, we attended the beautiful ceremony. Boyfriend sees this on my Snapchat and goes ballistic on me. How could I go without him? How could I replace him? How his children felt rejected? How I should have skipped the wedding for a family day? I waited until he ran out of steam and calmly told him that he made these choices. We had plans, and he chose to try and change them last minute. That his changes were inappropriate and also not my problem. He called me a jerk and is refusing to speak to me until I apologize to him and his children. He also wants an apology from my BFF for attending the wedding in his place. Big time OP is not the jerk here. 
This is a huge red flag to me, and if I were an OP situation, I don't know if I'd be able to trust them again. How are you going to plan a wedding with a plus one, and then at the last second they try to drop four kids on you? This just goes to show that if they have any secondary motive, they would rather just spring it on you last second where you don't have much of a choice, rather than try to work it out or accept that they can't do what they want to do. Also, bless OP for staying with them for so long, but I don't know if I'd be able to stick out a relationship for 16 months with somebody who has four children to take care of. Young children at that. I don't envy that situation. Our next story is from Hey921Moon. Am I the jerk for telling my stepdad it's ridiculous he thinks he became my dad when he married my mom? I was 15 when I met my stepdad. He met my mom four years after my dad died, leaving mom with me and my three younger siblings to raise. They were all little and hardly remembered dad and found it easier to go from him being Luke to dad over time. To me, he was always Luke. I was older meeting him almost out of the house when he and my mom got married and I remember dad really well. I'm not saying he was a bad guy or he did nothing but I was working by the time he moved in and I had a busy life so there wasn't a lot of parenting from him because when I needed something I went to my mom. I also didn't go to college so there was no paying for that. I only add this because I know how these posts go. I think he's okay. I think he has what my mom and siblings needed but it bothers him that I never needed him and I pretty much never wanted him in the same capacity of my siblings. I thought he was great for my mom but he wasn't someone I would seek out for life advice or a shoulder to cry on and I'll go as far as saying he's not my current father figure. That would go to my grandpa who I've known the longest and have turned to in times of trouble and I've looked up to both as an individual but also as a father, grandfather and husband to others. I got engaged recently and Luke and I started fighting a lot. He assumed he would be walking me down the aisle and doing a father-daughter dance with me. I let him know that he wasn't the person I was considering asking, if I did it at all. Then he turns it into he's the most logical choice. I said my mom would be actually. He pointed out it's customary for the father of the bride to do those things and I pointed out that my dad was dead and if we're going down that line, my grandfather would be the obvious pick for me. He told me he's been my dad for 9 years now. I was 16 when they got married. I said that he didn't become my dad because he married my mom, which he argued that he did. I told him it was ridiculous to think that because I was 16 years old. I had memories of my dad and was hardly around him during that time when compared to other members of the family. I told him I'd always appreciated him for what he did for mom and my siblings, but he needed to get over the fact that I didn't need him like my siblings did. He called me a jerk and said I needed to accept that he's my father whether I like it or not. Am I the jerk? I think OP's not the jerk especially when you take in just that last line there. You need to accept that I'm your father whether you like it or not. Is it weird that not only do I think that's not true, it's kind of gross the way they said it? Like you don't have a choice, I am your father. Let me tell you, I think there's a reason where, at least in the US, a lot of states, I think the age is 14 or 15, you're able to decide whether or not somebody can adopt you. And I've heard stories where kids even younger than that have their opinions expressed to a judge or whatnot, and they'll factor that into whether or not it's approved. Also, I just love the fact that they were like, oh, I've been your dad for nine years now, as if OP didn't have a dad for 16 years by the time they got married. Our next story is from Kay Hallward. 
Am I the jerk for refusing to share our Nan's inheritance with my siblings? I, 20-year-old female, was my Nan's full-time carer from when I was 13 to when she passed away when I was 19. My mom got in a huge argument with her and my entire family ended up cutting her off. I felt guilty though as it felt wrong to leave an old woman with mobility and memory issues to live on her own. She was too stubborn to get home help or to go into a care home. I spent my entire teen years caring for her on my own. I'm the youngest of four siblings but none of them wanted to help so it was just left to me. She was difficult to live with, very easily aggravated, needed constant care. My teen years sucked. When she died, she left everything to me. I got her house and all of her money. My mom was mad at this though, claimed that my nan had done it to cause an argument between me and my siblings over money. My siblings didn't say anything about the money. They were fine with it. It was just my mom with the issue. She told me to split the money with them. I said no. That argument was roughly a year ago and our relationship has been rocky since. My oldest brother's currently having financial issues and I've loaned him some money. This has started the argument up once again. My mom says it's wrong that I've loaned it to him instead of giving it to him and what I've given him is far less than one quarter of the total amount I was given. I know I was initially in the right but I'm starting to feel guilty about the loan. My mom is insisting again that I split the money and I'm feeling worse and worse about standing my ground as time goes on. Am I the jerk? I think OP's not the jerk and they shouldn't be pressured into giving up more of their money. I don't know if the mom themselves are after the money or if they're doing it on the behalf of the siblings, but OP was the one that took care of them. OP was left with this inheritance on purpose and I'm of the belief that how they want to use their money is up to them. If they want to loan a bit out to their brother, that's fine. And just because they loan some out to one sibling doesn't mean they have to give money away to all the other ones and their mom. To me, that makes no sense. Our next story is from Anta Alice. Am I the jerk for laughing and saying, sounds about right, when my brother and sister-in-law told me how exhausted they are with my out-of-control niece? My brother Ron and my sister-in-law Jen have spoiled their daughter Alice rotten since she was a newborn. Since Alice was a toddler, everyone in the family's told Ron and Jen they needed to teach Alice boundaries, but they insist they're the ones in charge of Alice. I often babysat Alice when she was young. I would tell Ron and Jen that Alice wasn't behaving, and they would respond by shaming me for not getting Alice exactly what she wanted or pushing her so hard because I told her to pick up the toys she threw on the floor. Note, Alice was seven when this happened. Eventually, I refused to babysit Alice, and they insist I was being a bad aunt because I was expecting so many adult things from a baby. Ron and Jen did all of Alice's homework and class projects for her. They frantically called me one night because the math tutor canceled and Alice's homework had a pre-calculus question that they weren't sure how to do the work for. I sent them the work for that one time, but after that, I would refuse to. Alice is now 17 and completely out of control. She screams, curses, and flips off her parents until she gets her own way. She's unlicensed and dented Ron's car several times when stealing it for joyrides. She's stolen both Ron and Jen's wallets for shopping sprees. They've caught Alice partying, drinking, vaping, and sneaking out to boys' houses. She's gotten even worse since her junior year. Ron and Jen still do her projects or pay others to do them, but the material's now too specific for Ron and Jen to understand without class notes, which Alice isn't taking for them. Alice didn't pass her junior year. 
and she's angry because now all of her friends are doing senior things that she can't join in on. Ron and Jen called me the other night to tell me how exhausted they were because Alice was illegally driving again, and they had to beg an officer not to send Alice to juvie. They talked about how wild all teens are and they're not sure where their sweet little girl went. I thought that last part was a joke and a laugh slipped out before I could stop myself. Ron got angry and asked what I thought was funny. I apologized for laughing, but I responded that Alice's behavior sounded about right because did they expect Alice to just magically become responsible and well-behaved when they've always rewarded her bad behavior? Ron and Jen started to yell at me, but I hung up. Many of my friends and family members said Ron and Jen are only angry because they didn't like hearing the truth. But most of my family saying I have no idea how hard it is to be a parent, much less have a child like Alice. And even though the laugh slipped, I was cruel to respond to Ron and Jen that way, knowing how exhausted they are. Now I'm conflicted about it if I was being a jerk to my exhausted brother and sister-in-law. Am I the jerk? I think OP's not the jerk. Maybe they could have tolerated it and accepted that they were venting? But if they're looking for support and then venting about something that was the consequence of their own actions, you might not have to rub their face in it, but you're not obligated at the same time to go along with it just to make them feel better. In fact, I mean, that's the kind of thing that got them in this situation in the first place, going along with Alice's bad behavior. Imagine never scolding your kid, never parenting your kid, and doing all of their work for them and expecting them to be responsible. How far gone do you have to be as a parent that you're the one doing all their homework at night for them? Our next story is from TAAITA190-2022. Am I the jerk for exposing an entitled neighbor? I, 30-year-old male, live alone in a meh house, and working as an engineer, I decided to spoil myself with a nice sports car. It's a 2021 Aston Martin Vantage with manual transmission for those into cars. It has only two seats. Since it's a rear-wheel drive car with a decent amount of power, and I live in Canada, I decided to get a crappy SUV, an old Ford Escape, to use during the winter. During the summer, I use my sports car daily and just leave my winter beater getting dusty. One of my neighbors, mid-twenties female, recently got divorced and became a single mom. Her financial situation got bad, and her ex-husband kept their car. Seeing her struggle, I let her use my winter beater during summer. She was thrilled and thankful. One day of summer, winter heater broke down. Not a surprise, my neighbor was really sad, and when we took it to the mechanic, the repairs would cost more than the car, so it wasn't worth it. My sports car takes most of my money anyways. I live with not too many things, nor luxuries, except my car. I'm not exactly rich. I decided to junk it and winterize my sports car. My neighbor didn't like this decision. I said that I wouldn't be paying to repair it, and sadly she wouldn't have a car anymore. She said she had a trip planned with her kids and asked me for my Vantage. I of course refused it, mentioned that she wouldn't be able to drive it, too much power, manual transmission, rear wheel drive, and it was also a two seater which wouldn't fit her kids anyway. I also don't let anyone else drive it, it's my baby let alone for a vacation without me. She stormed back to her house, and I simply donated my winter beater to a charity. She posted a long rant in a Facebook group of our neighborhood, saying I'm a bad neighbor and how I denied her kids a vacation. 
I replied to it, mentioning she doesn't even know how to drive a manual car. It is ridiculously dangerous for someone inexperienced to drive it, and it's a two-seater. I told her she would be an irresponsible mom if she just put both her kids in the passenger seat, not only dumb and illegal, but dangerous, and that I have no responsibility in giving my car for two weeks for her to go on a trip, no matter the car. It was a massive reply. I also told her I was disappointed with her way of thinking for assuming I would just provide a car for her when I have nothing to do with her life. The winter beater was a favor and she was acting entitled for thinking I would provide my vantage for her. Everyone else sided with me and roasted her brutally. Lots of neighbors congratulated me for my decision but some told me I went too far and should have just ignored her or just said, please remember it is a two seater, your kids won't fit. A few friends and relatives also told me it was an A move to do this and that I don't understand the struggles of being a single mom. Am I the jerk for exposing her in such an aggressive manner? Let's point this out for exactly what it is. This single mom went on Facebook to make a call-out post against OP. Basically blasted their character, blasted their charity, blasted their care. This could be Mr. Rogers himself writing this post, and I still think you have every right to go and defend yourself and to debunk all these false statements they're making. Does it suck to have to stoop to Facebook mom level of Facebook arguing? Yeah, but they're trying to smear you. Don't be mad when the truth hurts, Karen. And our final story of the day is from Material Box 3214 Am I the jerk for asking my sister to babysit? I, 30-year-old female, raised my youngest sister Jen, 20-year-old female, since she was 13 because she had to be removed from our mother's care. Currently at 20, she still lives at home because she decided she wants to drop out of college and work full-time for a while to figure out her major after getting an associate's. She currently works roughly 50 hours a week as a nanny and got this job recently. My husband and I had a baby boy two months ago, and before he was born, Jen said she'd be up to watch him a few days a week since she lives with us rent-free, although she does her own shopping. Since getting her job, Jen has no longer wanted to watch my son. She has one or two off days a week, and so we try not to overburden her, but even on days where she doesn't work at all or is off early, she claims she'd just like to be child-free. To her credit, she helps around the house after work or she'll watch him here or there so my husband and I can go for nightly walks or use the bathroom. However, the issue occurred earlier today. I asked Jen if she could babysit my son on one of her off days and she said that she had plans with friends on one day and intended to use the other to handle daily errands and her own chores like laundry, cleaning her room, etc. I told her that on her errand day, she could just take her nephew with her and watch him while she cleans up but she declined and said she wouldn't be able to get anything done since he never wants to be put down, and her body's tired from all the roughhousing she does with the kids at her job. I told her that this isn't what she agreed to before, and she noted that she had a different job then, and she doesn't want to work on her off days too now. It's unfair, honestly, and she suggested paying another sitter, but why would I pay for a sitter when there's a literal professional in the same home that just refuses to do the work? She thinks I'm being over-demanding of her and that I agree to having a third person indefinitely added to my life when I decided to conceive. Her comment was entirely unnecessary, but am I the jerk? Now, if you said in lieu of this situation you want to start charging rent, 
I think you're not the jerk for expecting some kind of rent for somebody that lives rent-free in a place, who has an actual job and is supporting themselves, but expecting them, whether it's on a day they're working or an off day, to drop what they're doing and watch your kid because they can, and then getting upset when they refuse to or say, you know, honestly, they don't want to, then yeah, I think OP is pretty clearly the jerk here. I don't care if I'm related to you, I don't care if I live in the same house as you, I don't care if it's even possible for me to. If I don't want to watch your kid, I don't have to watch your kid. Try to charge a rent that costs the same as a babysitter if you have to. Am I the jerk for crying to my husband? My 18-year-old son Eric just graduated high school. I'm very proud of him because he has ADHD, and school's always been a struggle for him, but he's going to college and his future is promising. I was out with my two girlfriends and both have children the same age as Eric. Well, I excused myself to the washroom and right before I was about to go back into the room, I overheard one of them say that I must be so disappointed in Eric. Disappointed because he's not studying law or medicine, etc. like their kids. This got my attention and I kept listening. They continued to talk about how he barely graduated, and then they made a few odd jokes about how Eric's probably going to follow in my footsteps and marry a rich older lady. They talked about my son's reputation and laughed about how he clearly cares more about his face than his future, just like his mother. This hurt me a lot. I was heartbroken. Not only were they insulting me, but my son as well. I walked into the room and they went silent, but acted as if they weren't just crap talking. I didn't mention it and simply decided to never hang out with them ever again. But when I got home, my husband asked me if anything was wrong, and I just began to cry and told him everything. I've been friends with them for a year, and gosh, I don't even know. He was really angry. He invited them and their families to go on a quick two-day trip, and he called their husbands and canceled. When they asked why, he told them that there was no way in heck he was paying to take two bitter, mean girls that insult his wife and son on vacation. Well, I got a call from the two, and they were really upset. They said that I need to tell him to rethink his decision, and that they were just joking around because their kids were really looking forward to the trip. I told them that I didn't want to, but they said I should have talked to them instead of crying to my husband like a weak-as-freak witch. I told them to freak off, and they replied with, This is exactly why we hate you. Wait, sorry, are you going to go cry to your husband again? That stung a little, and now I'm wondering, am I the jerk for not being straight up and crying to my husband instead? The two think I am, and my sister agrees that I should have dealt with it myself, and I went too far telling my husband. Absolutely not the jerk here. I think the bottom line here is people handle things differently. Some people love confrontation. Some people are not afraid to get right up in your face and call it like they see it. But God forbid some people don't want that confrontation and your partner is there to work with you on these things. To be a shoulder that you can cry on so God forbid you turn around and go to your what's supposed to be your main support system. If there's personal business between you and another person, could you ever be the jerk for telling your partner about it? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from throwaway123-86912. Am I the jerk for not wanting my sister's boyfriend to sleep over? Me, 23-year-old male, and my sister, 22-year-old female, usually get along pretty well. However, we just got into a huge fight. My parents have gone on a trip for a week. They left today, leaving me and her home alone. But in two days, my sister's also leaving with her boyfriend on a trip. About two weeks ago, she told me that her boyfriend was going to be sleeping at our house these two days before their trip. 
while our parents are away. This made me a bit uncomfortable, so I told her that he could spend the day with us, but I really didn't feel comfortable with him sleeping over, even though it seems like a relatively serious relationship and her boyfriend seems nice enough, I don't really know him very well. I've met him two or three times and we just greeted each other, plus they've been together for only about four to five months. She got really mad and we fought a bit, but then I had to leave, because I wasn't staying home at the time and my ride was leaving. The next day I texted her saying it's only two days and then they're going away for a week alone, so I would really appreciate it if he didn't sleep over those two days. Last week I came back home and we didn't really talk about it, but today I brought it up, asking if he was going to sleep over, and she said yes. So we got into a huge fight, the dude's coming over later and I just have to deal with it. Should I have just kept quiet and let him sleep over without saying anything? Am I even entitled to feel uncomfortable about this? I think the only confusing thing to me here is it's the parents' house, right? How do the parents feel about him staying over? If the parents are okay with him coming over, then I think OP is the jerk here. Four to five months into a relationship, I feel like is more than enough to be okay with them staying around. Like, I just don't understand what the issue is. Is OP afraid their sister's boyfriend's gonna catch them changing in their clothes or something? This next story is from Next Method 9442 Am I the jerk for telling my wife I won't be sharing blame with her? When I mess up, it's my fault, and that's fine. I'll own up to that. However, when she messes up, it becomes, I think we both could have done things to prevent this. My wife and I are 26. We've been together since we were 15. At a doctor's appointment two weeks ago, my wife found out she weighs nearly 240 pounds. She started putting on weight during our senior year of high school and it's only increased from there. As far as meals at this point, we eat separate meals for the most part food-wise. We sit down and eat dinner together, but what she has for dinner is different than what I have. So she comes home from the appointment and launches into this whole thing about how we both dropped the ball in terms of her weight. I asked exactly how I dropped the ball. I'm not force feeding her chips and popcorn and things like that. All I got back was a vague, you could have said more, which made no sense to me. I told her I won't be sharing in the blame for this. I'm more than willing to help, but this situation is not my fault. She said I was isolating her and called me a jerk. Am I the jerk here? I think OP's not the jerk, and frankly, I think this is a bit of a coping thing. They don't want to admit that they did wrong, they don't want to be the one only at blame, and they probably want to feel like they got some help on their side to dig out of that situation. It's just kind of funny to me that the wife said, well, you could have said more, basically saying to OP, well, you could have been more inconsiderate and mentioned my weight more. It's like implying that OP's not doing right unless they're conscious about their wife's weight and like being uncomfortable enough to say something about it. Our next story is from Throwaway7391. Am I the jerk for refusing to pay for my sister's funeral? I, 34-year-old female, have three younger sisters, 22, 20, and 19-year-old females. I was adopted, but the younger three are my adopted mom's bio kids that she had later. Their dad left and moved to a different state when the eldest, Carol, was six. And as such, she was the only one that remembered him to a noticeable degree. She ran off as soon as she turned 18 to join her estranged father in a shady religious compound. Long story and it remained like that for the next several years. That was until a couple months ago that Carol died unexpectedly, and our family had a bit of a dilemma after we got the body back from the police. 
Our family never had that much money, and all my mother could afford was a simple direct cremation. We all know that given how religious she was, that wouldn't be what she wanted, but she left no will because she died at 22. My mother called me the other day to ask if I would be willing to pay for a burial, and after some calculations, I found it would be technically possible, but I would have to be very lean for about half a year afterwards to compensate. My mother said no problem, and we would just have her cremated. Yesterday, my middle sister Marie called screaming at me about how selfish I was, and that since I could afford it, I should do it for the family. This is very out of character, since Marie basically never expresses emotions. She said that I was being selfish and dishonoring Carol's memory by forcing our mom to dispose of her body in a way she wouldn't have wanted. I said that one, this isn't a sacrifice I'm willing to make given Carol didn't have a will and we never had a functioning relationship. And two, she went off to another state immediately and nobody in the family had spoken to her since 2018. Marie has gotten her father's extended family involved and they've been blowing up my phone constantly with how I'm selfish and ungrateful for the sacrifices Carol made. Marie's continued to insist I'm wrong and that I should pay the rest since neither her nor my youngest sister Lily have jobs. I'm quite honestly shocked by this outburst and I don't really know where it's coming from. Given how out of character this is for her, I'm wondering if I'm in the wrong. I asked Lily who said that she's sad that Carol can't be buried, but it's ultimately my money and I can do what I want with it. Our mom is completely on my side. She never got along with Carol because of how enamored she was with her ex-husband. I can't decide if I was the jerk or not in this situation, since I technically can afford it even if it requires insanely strict budgeting. So am I the jerk? Our next story is from Bride879. Am I the jerk for kicking a person with Tourette's out of my wedding? I, 25-year-old female, recently got married to my wonderful husband, 26-year-old male. The wedding was beautiful and we all had a great time, but the situation left me feeling like a jerk. A good friend of mine, Macy, 26-year-old female, brought her boyfriend, 29-year-old male, as her plus one. She texted me prior to the wedding that her boyfriend has Tourette's syndrome. I was somewhat familiar with the disease, but made sure to ask her how it affected her boyfriend specifically and what to expect. She assured me it wasn't severe and wouldn't disrupt the wedding. I had never met the boyfriend prior to this and believed her when she said it wasn't going to be a problem. I know most people with Tourette's don't have vocal tics at all and assumed that was the case in this situation based on what Macy told me. Just before the ceremony started, I discovered Macy's boyfriend's Tourette's syndrome was much worse than she let on. He was screaming every few seconds and yelled a lot of offensive curse words and slurs. I was upset by this as I felt Macy purposely misrepresented her boyfriend's situation so I'd let him come, since she said it wouldn't be disruptive. I would have politely declined had I known that he had severe vocal tics. I told my maid of honor to ask him to leave. Apparently it turned into a big scene where Macy angrily argued against it and said we were being ableist. Her boyfriend agreed and said he couldn't control it. Security had to get involved and I had both of them removed. Thankfully, the wedding went smoothly after that, but now Macy's calling me a jerk. Some of our mutual friends agree that I was in the wrong, so I'm here to ask if I'm the jerk. I think OP is not the jerk here. All around, I think this is just a really awkward and uncomfortable situation to be put into, but OP's completely right in that they were lied to, the condition was misrepresented, 
and I know I'd be feeling the exact same way as OP did. It just is a painful thing to have to ask somebody to leave a wedding, but I mean honestly, they shouldn't have been there to begin with. Our next story is from Savings Pattern 3614 Am I the jerk for not taking down my video that was a gift from my best man? I have a sister that's 6 years older than me. My parents for years cancel on me last minute because of my sister. I have a basketball game. Oops, sorry, sister doesn't feel like going out. I'm graduating. Oops, sister had a bad day at work. They've missed both major and smaller events in my life because of her meltdowns. I met the love of my life. We decided to tie the knot. From the beginning, I told my parents how I'm worried my sister will ruin another special moment in my life. My mom told me over and over again it wouldn't happen. The day of my wedding, I received a voicemail from my mom saying they wouldn't come because my sister's dog was sick and she was upset. I was hurt. My best man, however, is a jokester. He took my phone, then went to my fiancé and asked if he could post a video of our wedding as a gift on social media. She loved his idea. I had no idea about it until I came home. Our honeymoon was at a lakeside cabin, no cell service. The post caption was, my best friend. He's an amazing person, even if his parents never showed up for him. The video was still pictures of us next to her parents, me on the dance floor cutting the cake, where you would normally see both parents in the wedding pictures. The sound behind the video was my mom's voicemail explaining how they couldn't come because my sister's dog was sick. I come home a week later to hundreds of messages. Family members from both sides insisting I take it down. I was told my sister hasn't stopped crying. My mom's refusing to leave the house. I may be the jerk here. I didn't take it down when I got my messages. I didn't call my family back right away. I waited until my vacation time was over at work and enjoyed my time with my wife in our new home before I contacted anyone. My dad told me to take down the video. It was just a bad night for them that they'll make it up to me and my wife for not coming. My reply was, how exactly do you plan to make up my wedding? It's a once in a lifetime thing. You choose to ignore my feeling on the whole matter. Then he just repeated that he'll make it up to me. I told him I'll take the video down only when he made up missing my wedding. Flustered, we both hung up the phone before we both said things we shouldn't have. Am I the jerk here? I could have just taken down the video. It would probably make things easier to have taken down the video. And maybe could you say it's a little extra or out there to have left this video up for all that time? Maybe. To me, it feels a little bit like kind of unnecessarily airing out your dirty laundry, but I don't think OP's the jerk. They've been treated as not even second rate lower than that for their whole life. So God forbid they essentially leave up a call out post after I assume decades of being treated that way. The truth hurts sometimes. This next story is from Error404Rowan. Am I the jerk for refusing to have my cousins over after what they did to me? Little background, I was 10 at the time and my cousins liked to pick on me for my weight. They would purposely make me lots of food and then expect me to eat all of it. They'd also give me their leftovers. Soon I developed a bit of chub and I got heavily bullied for it. They even went as far to whenever I was over at their house. Auntie was never around, so they would lock me in the room with a piece of bread and a tiny bag of chips as to starve me for hours on end. But when aunt was a few minutes away from home, they'd prepare me a big dinner to look good in front of aunt, summer 2008 I guess. 
Many years later, I had just gotten my own place, mid-2021, straight out of college, and I'd never really had anyone over except friends and my siblings. I was having a family dinner, and my mother suggested I invited my cousins. No one found out about what they did to me, and I sort of retained the weight but lost a bit of it. No chub, but still pretty thick. I was off about the idea since all I had was bad memories, so I said no. My mom got pretty mad and said if my aunt was coming, so should my cousins as they're her kids. I said no again, stating that I didn't want them there because they made me uncomfortable. My mom said that's fine, she gets it and drops it. Day of the dinner comes and I made an amazing banquet dinner for my family. First my sisters came, then my two brothers, my mom and dad, uncles, and then my aunt. But slowly behind her, my cousins trailed. They seemed to know exactly how to make me angry, saying that they're starving and in a sarcastic voice, You always knew how to eat, so you should be amazing at cooking. I reluctantly let them in, and they immediately and impolitely made themselves at home. Left their shoes in the middle of the living room, watching TV and not flushing the toilet. I was getting angry, but I wanted to be civil, so I just let it go. The last straw was when I was making a chicken and a few steaks. As I was seasoning all of that, my cousins appeared behind me and said, All that just for you? And I lost it. I started screaming at them and told them to get the heck out of my house, and they refused. They said they were here for dinner and that's what they were gonna get. I said that they had no right to be in my house and make fun of me for my weight. And not only that, but for doing all the things they did to me in the past, and if they don't get out now, I will make them leave. They finally left, but then my entire family started talking about it and telling me how much of a jerk I am for making them leave. This hasn't stopped for a few days, and I'm starting to think they meant it in a joking manner. Am I the jerk here for kicking them out? I think it doesn't matter whether or not they were meaning it in a joking manner or not. The bottom line here is, whether they were joking the entire time, it imprinted a traumatic experience on you as a kid, and they have a staunch inability to recognize that what they're doing is bothering you, and they can't cool it, they can't take a note. Nobody likes a jokester that doesn't know when to quit. And what they did to OP as a kid is not joking. This next story is from AITA Water Park. Am I the jerk for getting a couple kicked out of a water park for not covering their tattoos? Yesterday, I was at a water park with my family when I saw a couple, who I assume were American or Canadian based on their accents. They were both covered in tattoos throughout their entire upper body, which isn't allowed at this water park. I come up to them and explain to them in English about the rule and that they need to cover up the tattoos because families come here with their children. They both told me to shut up and leave them alone, so I found a staff member and alerted them to the situation. They had somebody who speaks English come up to them to explain the rule, and the woman started screaming and crying as they were both kicked out. They were basically causing a huge scene, and everybody was staring at them. It's not like they couldn't use the water park at all, they just had to wear a shirt that covers up their tattoos, and they would have been fine, which is why I think I was justified to confront them. I'm posting here to find out what everybody here thinks. So from what OP said, I believe this takes place in Japan. Now I will say as an American, the rule seems quite odd to me, but from what OP is suggesting here, it seems like it's a pretty common thing. And if it's a rule, especially one that they kind of have to agree to upon entry, you have every right to call somebody out or kick somebody out over that. 
I did take a quick look and basically tattoos in Japan are extremely stigmatized. Basically, if you go around having tattoos visible, it's basically seen as like an advertisement of you being a person of crime, a criminal, or especially tied to a criminal organization. One that starts with the letter Y being a very popular one. Our next story is from Panda the Crayon Eater. Am I the jerk for blowing up on a customer? He can rebuild the fence himself if he has a problem with me being a woman? I, female 20, have been interested in woodworking since I was 12, and from 15 I was helping out of my stepdad's business. First it was just cleaning, holding, bringing things, but later I became pretty much a full-time employee outside studies. Last month was busy, so I took what seemed like simpler contracts or orders to do myself. One of those was making new and replacing some balcony fence planks. I talked with the customer on the phone beforehand and later went there to take measurements and other details. When I first came, he didn't exactly look pleased, asking if there was somebody else coming later. I had that happen before. I have no problem with this. I tried to lighten the mood by saying, how hard can using a tape measure and a drill be? Also said that he hopes the measures will be correct and then asked if I'll be the one doing the actual planks and replacement too. I answered, most probably. A few days later, I went to actually replace the planks. He didn't say much at first since the planks were good, but then he started nagging like, you're holding it wrong. I wasn't. You're making a mess here with the old ones rotten into oblivion, all while basically breathing down my neck. That was tolerable still. What wasn't was him saying, you said you can do it yourself, or see why trades are man-dominated, when I asked him to hold or hand me something. When I finished, he told me it wasn't half bad, but it could be better and faster. Like, excuse me, the size is a match, lining distances good and match, the paint is good, why did it take longer? Almost as if there was something to speed it up a little. I asked if he sees any particular problem so I can fix it. He said no, just that a normal woodworker would do it faster. I just lost it and said, Well, I repaired your freaking fence. That makes me a woodworker enough, or not, because women can't be in trades. Why didn't you do it yourself, if I shouldn't do trade jobs in the first place? He told me the good old respect elders and not to raise voice on customers, but, you know, I can only tolerate so much. Am I the jerk? I think OP's not the jerk here. And frankly, I think maybe the best thing OP could have done was just ask them to kind of give you some space while you work to repair their fence. I mean, they have every right to stand there and watch, but them standing there micromanaging things really didn't help the situation. I know OP can't exactly force them to go away, but man, must that have been annoying for them to stand there and be like, well, a man could do this better than you while standing there watching a woman do the fixing for him. This next story is from throwaway2828. Am I the jerk for not letting my stepsister paint the room I'm letting her stay in? I, 25-year-old male, own a pretty big house that I inherited from my grandparents. I'm currently letting my stepsister Kana, 23-year-old female, stay in one of my guest rooms for two months rent-free. Everything's been going smooth until two days ago when Kana came in the house with cans of paint. I asked her what she was doing with those, and she told me that she was going to paint her room pink. I told her no because she's only staying here temporarily, and I like the way the room is now. Kana said that she's currently staying in the room, and she should have a right to be able to decorate the room how she wants it. I told her that even though she's staying in there, it's still my house, and if she does paint the room, she will be kicked out. 
Kana got mad and called me a jerk. My dad and stepmom think that I was too harsh, and I could have compromised with her. I feel like I have a right to not want the room painted. Am I the jerk? I wholeheartedly agree with OP that it's their house and they have every right for the walls to be whatever color they want. Kana staying there for two months, if anything, only moves this more in OP's favor. Kana's a temporary guest. It's for forever to OP if they want to. This next story is from Effort Present 9645. Am I the jerk for siding with my mom over my wife and telling my wife it was her fault for putting me on the spot? My wife and I try to always side with each other in public, and if there's an issue, talk it out in private. So maybe I screwed up here. My mom lives an 8-hour plane ride away, so if she's going to visit, it's going to be at least for 4-5 to days to make it worth it. My mom is the one who moved, and my wife made it clear when she moved that she needs to be the one to come to us as she made the choice to move doesn't have small kids, and has the ability to work when she wants with no set schedule. My mom rolled her eyes but agreed. My wife also told me that we would not be altering our lives to revolve around my mom. While she's welcome to visit, we won't use up our limited vacation time, which we want to use to do things with our kids, and it isn't our job to entertain her. I felt weird about it but agreed. My mom visited one time three years ago. We went to work as normal and she was alone in the house during the day. By the time we got home, she was clearly bouncing off the walls and about to lose it. We did our normal chores and routine. Though my wife did take over some of my duties so I could visit, we had our normal blah weeknight meals and by the end of the trip, my mom was clearly miserable, overtired, and starving. She just didn't eat much, I don't know why. She didn't complain but seemed pissy. Then COVID happened, both of us were busy, and we just didn't see each other. We recently invited her to visit again, and my mom said sorry, but no. She said it was torture, and if we can't put in the effort to host her, she isn't coming. I felt that was fair, as she didn't make any demands on us, just chose not to come. But my wife was very upset. My wife wanted me to confront her about how entitled she was being, I refused, so she called my mom and accused her of being childish and needing constant entertainment. My mom and her got into it with my mom yelling that we were crap hosts and she was so bored she actually cried one day. She said she doesn't owe us her time if we don't want to put time into her, and she'll never visit again unless something changes, but we have an open invitation to visit her. My wife asked me if I was going to get involved. My mom said I need to get my wife to stop attacking her. My wife demanded to know whose side I was on, and I said my mom's. My mom began laughing. My wife teared up and hung up. Now she feels I betrayed her, and that I'm a mama's boy. What the freak, I haven't even seen her in three years. I told her it's her fault for putting me on the spot, and I just think my mom's entitled to the boundary of she doesn't want to visit. I think OP is not the jerk here. But I also think OP's not doing enough. As in, I think OP can personally set aside the time and the plans to have their mom visit even if the wife doesn't want to partake in that. I'm wondering if OP's wife isn't just overly controlling. Or if the mom and the wife have never really gotten along so that's why the wife is acting so disinterested in doing anything with the mom being over. Maybe there's not enough information here. And our final story of the day is from Randomness57317. Am I the jerk for not inviting my kid's whole class to his birthday party? I, 28-year-old female, am a mother of a wonderful 8-year-old son. This whole thing happened last April, but I'm still getting complaints. 
So here I am asking strangers for a judgment on the internet. So last year was my kid's first year in big kid school, like he calls it, since his first grade coincided with the pandemic. We're not in the best place financially. Like most families, our consumer debt piled on, and we're throwing every spare cent at it. So when it was time to throw him a party, I only invited five of his classmates, the ones he considered his friends. For the others, I sent two dozen cupcakes and juice boxes to his class. The invites were delivered to their houses and not in front of the other kids. Like I said, money was tight, so I got creative. I made nine small cakes, box cakes, vanilla, chocolate and funfetti, buttercream and different colors. Also made big sugar cookies and different colored frosting and sprinkles. And finally bought tortillas, made pizza sauce and had a variety of toppings. I asked that the kids bring swimsuits and water guns. We had a make your own pizza station for lunch. Then they played with their water guns. Then they decorated their cakes and finally their cookies to take home with them. That was a Saturday. Well, the next Monday, the kids would not stop raving about how fun the party was, how it was the best birthday party ever. The other kids were not happy to not be invited. At Pickup Tuesday, a couple moms confronted me about not inviting their kids. I said that I'm sorry, but it was a small party for his close friends only. They kept complaining about me excluding their kids. I didn't take it seriously then, but now it's a new school year, almost six months later, and I'm still getting the occasional comment thrown at me. So am I the jerk? I think OP's not the jerk here. I think it might be a common sentiment, but these are the kinds of parents where participation trophies were born from. And I'm gonna be honest, as a kid, I wouldn't have liked it if my whole class was invited to my birthday party. For all of these entitled parents out there that are like, every kid in the class deserves to be invited, why wasn't my kid invited, why wasn't I allowed to be there? Let's not forget, it's the kid's birthday party, and at least if I was in that situation, I'm not friends with everybody in my class. I wouldn't want everybody at my house, especially not some snobby parents like that. Am I the jerk for cutting off support to my daughter? I, 52-year-old male, have three children with my ex Tracy, 50-year-old female, Michael, 28-year-old male, Linda, 25-year-old female, and Victoria, 23-year-old female. We split because Tracy had an affair with Stan, a 55-year-old male, to whom she's now married. We never shared with the kids the reason for the divorce, as I don't want them to blame either of us. This backfired as the kids saw their mom move out of the house into a small apartment, and me keep living in the house and remarry two years after the divorce. So they saw me as the bad guy. Stan and Tracy let them pretty much do whatever they wanted, and I had to be the disciplinarian who made sure homework was done, appointments were made, and deadlines were met. My two oldest eventually came to realize that I wasn't the bad guy. My son, when he found out that his mother had put nothing away for college for him, as outlined in our divorce decree, and she told him to take out loans. My daughter, when she realized that her grades were going to keep her out of her desired program in school, My youngest never came around, so it was a surprise when her boyfriend asked for my blessing to ask for her hand. When I expressed that I didn't think she'd care about my blessing, he said she insisted on it. She began spending time with me, being polite to my wife, and it felt wonderful to have my daughter back. I went with them to book the venue, and they'll be getting married next summer. I pay the deposit in the first installment. I noticed that she was becoming less communicative again recently, ignoring my texts or giving one-word replies, and not coming over as much. 
On Monday, my son sent me a post from Instagram. My youngest had an engagement party this weekend, to which I was not invited. One of the photos was with her and Stan and it read, Anyone can be a father. It takes a real man to be a dad. This amazing guy has been my dad for 15 years, even though he didn't have to be. I am so blessed to have him walk me down the aisle next year. Hashtag daddy's girl. Hashtag future Mrs. X. My kids wanted for nothing their entire lives because I never let them go without. Even when they wouldn't talk to me, I made sure their needs were met. I texted Tracy to ask why I wasn't included. She replied that Victoria didn't want my wife there because she wanted a drama-free day. My wife has literally never started drama in her life. I asked if Stan and I would both be walking her down the aisle. Tracy didn't respond, but Victoria called me up, demanding to know what my problem was. I repeated my question, and she replied that no, Stan, her dad, would be walking her down the aisle. I told her that if that's what she wanted, I would be fine with it. I told her to let Stan know the next payment for the wedding is due in November. Stan and Tracy don't have the money for this wedding and think I'm being the jerk. Linda says if I do this, Victoria will never speak to me again. Michael's on my side. I'm going to be honest, it might be petty, but I think it's time to tell them the truth about the situation here and OP's feelings about how they felt cut off when all along they never just wanted to make anybody the bad guy. I don't think they're the jerk either way for cutting off the funds when they're not even being invited and are being basically outcasted by their own kid. Especially when, apparently from what OP said, they've never acted in a way that deserves being outcasted. It almost feels like there's something wrong here because why is somebody who loves and supports their kid being pushed away like this? Also it's pretty clear they used OP for the money. What do you guys think? After everything, is it finally time to explain to the kids why the divorce happened and explaining that OP was not the bad guy in that decision? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Hidden Concert. Would I be the jerk for not sending a gift for a wedding I wasn't invited to? My cousin Ted and I are close in age, a few years apart. We were always close as kids and even into adulthood, still kept in touch. Then Ted met Maddie a few years ago and started bringing her to family stuff. I don't have a problem with Maddie, but we just didn't click. We talk at family stuff, but she's not someone I want to hang out with or become friends with. My other cousin, Ted's sister, really clicked with Maddie. Which, cool and good for them, but I just don't. I'm nice and polite, but I don't go out of my way to become her bestie. My aunt, Ted's mom, really pushed her on me though. I don't know if it's because we're the same age-ish or what, but it was annoying. Anytime we were both at an event, she'd find some way to push us together. I felt like a little kid being forced to play with someone. My own college graduation party, grandparents had it because they have a bigger house and yard, had to be moved because Maddie had to work, and it wouldn't be nice to exclude her. Even though it was inconvenient for me and meant most of my friends couldn't come and I had to rush around. Anyway, like I said, I've never been rude or anything to her, just never really bonded with her. So Ted and Maddie are getting married soon. I knew he was engaged, but I didn't know where the wedding was when it was. Another family member asked what I was getting them for a wedding gift, and I said, I don't know. They said, better figure it out before wedding date, which is very soon. I said, oh, I didn't know, I wasn't invited. They said, well, maybe it's not personal, you should still get a gift for them. I asked my dad when he got his invitation, and I guess it was a while ago. I said it's crappy that I wasn't invited when I had to reschedule my party for them. 
He said that was a graduation party. This is a wedding. Now that you know about it, just be a bigger person and get a gift. Don't be petty. I don't want to buy them a gift, and I probably won't invite Ted to any future events I have. I don't know why I was left out when everyone else in the family was invited. Maybe because I'm the only cousin on this side. Maybe it's a budget thing. And not personal, but I don't want to spend the money on a gift when I wasn't cool enough to invite. To me, it's like having a birthday party and expecting someone I didn't invite to send me a birthday present. Am I the jerk if I don't send a gift? I am of the opinion that if you are not invited, you are not welcomed into that ceremony, you don't have to send a gift. I think OP's analogy is great. If you throw a birthday party and you don't invite somebody, you don't expect a gift from them. Send a nice card or something, but you don't have to get them anything crazy. Our next story is from Imaginary Agency 991. Am I the jerk for not wanting to be a stay-at-home mom? Okay, I already know it sounds bad, but I, 35-year-old female, and my husband Jeff, 37-year-old male, are currently expecting a boy. His first child, my second. I got pregnant with my first when I was 18, and his dad was never in the picture. I work as a substance abuse counselor, and I love my job. This is where it gets tricky. My job offered me 8 weeks PTO for when I have our son. I've been so happy because I didn't want to go right back to work soon. Me and Jeff got together when I turned 30 and he moved in with me because I own my house. We just got married this year and have talked about childcare multiple times, so he knows I don't want to be a stay-at-home mom. Well, I'm due in November and he just brought the idea up. I was very confused because we've already talked about this, but I guess my mother-in-law and sister-in-law believe I should stay home with our son as a mother and wife. I just don't understand where their opinions come in because I already know where they stand. Both of them stayed home with the kids. All three of them sat me down to have this talk and they want me to focus on the kids, cleaning up the house, making dinner and all of that, but I already work and do those things. Well, mother-in-law wanted to throw it in my face that I never got to be a stay-at-home mom because I was a single mom going to school and working, which she's not wrong, but it definitely made me pissed that she brought it up. I told them that I worked so hard to give my son a good life, and having another baby doesn't change my decision to keep doing something that I absolutely love doing. And if they all want someone to take care of the house and kids all day, then Jeff should be a stay-at-home dad because I make more money than him, and it would make more sense for him to stay home instead of me. It turned absolutely horrible after that. I got yelled at by mother-in-law and sister-in-law that it's not his role as a father to do those things, that he's the man of the house and should be the one making the money. Jeff just stood there not saying anything and I blew up and reminded all of them that it's my house, not his. I kicked mother-in-law and sister-in-law out, and Jeff is so mad at me that he went with them. He said he won't come back till I apologize to all three of them. So am I the jerk for not wanting to be a stay-at-home mom? I don't think OP's the jerk for not wanting to be a stay-at-home mom. I think what matters is, can you make it work? If you can make it work where you go to work and you still take care of your kids, then that's more than fine. I don't see why you have to do that. You don't have to be stuck in the 1950s nuclear family role. Our next story is from Puppy AITA. Am I the jerk for not taking a conversation about parenthood with my wife seriously? This sounds ridiculous because it is. I, 27-year-old male, don't want children. I've never wanted children. My wife Liz, 26-year-old female, is aware of this. I'm in the camp of, if it's not a resounding, I want this with my entire heart and soul, yes, then it's a no. 
Having kids are cool and wonderful and major sources of joy in life. Do I want to be responsible for raising one? Nope. Prior to getting engaged about a year and a half ago, I lived with my best friend, 28-year-old male, and had done so for nearly a decade of my life. He and I each adopted a dog while living together and call each other co-parents. We have doggy playdates on the regular and I'm over at his place multiple times a week because of this. This morning, my wife brought up children. Like I said, she's aware of the fact that I don't want them. Her sister recently gave birth to our niece and while looking at the photos, Liz said, wouldn't it be nice if we had a baby or something along those lines? I responded with, I'm already the co-parent of two babies and I don't have room for any more. She got angry at me and said I wasn't taking her or the concept of parenthood seriously. I told her I have no reason to take this conversation or the concept of our parenthood seriously because we are never having kids. Am I the jerk? I think OP's not the jerk here and there might need to be a sit down conversation at some point because very clearly OP expressed they don't want kids, they want a kidless life. And if this is something that OP's wife is going to secretly be longing for, it's better to put that out on the table and have it in the know rather than bottle that up and have something brewing that is just kind of ignored. This next story is from Poppyfield02390. Am I the jerk for saying I won't make part of my family's lunches anymore? I, 37-year-old female, have four children and a husband. All my children are school-aged, 5, 7, 10, and 13, and my husband is 39. I make all of their lunches for the next day for them. It's usually a PB&J, chips and crackers, and a yogurt every day. It's cheap, easy, and they all like it. Sometimes if we have takeout or pizza or something the night before, and the member didn't finish their portion, they'll get it in their lunch the next day. This is especially the case for my 7-year-old, who doesn't eat much at once, and will likely be the case for my 5-year-old, as she eats the same way. Additionally, sometimes I'll use a different jelly or crunchy peanut butter with the creamy, or use honey instead of jelly, or sub and use a turkey and cheese. Plus, the side is switched up regularly, and the yogurt flavor is always different. So there's a lot of variety within a sandwich side and a yogurt. With that being said, I understand that having the same thing over and over can get boring. If I'm asked to sub an item and I can, I will. This is when my oldest started complaining about lunches being boring in that complaining tone kids use. I wasn't hurt. I asked what he would like instead and he shrugged and said, something not boring. At this point, my husband and second oldest joined, echoing the sentiment with no solutions. At this point, I was nearly crying, which I don't do in front of my kids, but hearing my husband say these things without any solutions hurt. I said, fine. If they find my lunches so boring, then they don't have to eat them, and I won't make them anymore. That they're all welcome and old enough to make their own lunches, and I'll just make them for my two youngest. Or my oldest kids can simply get school lunches, something they've been vehemently against, saying the meals are gross, as I know those menus are different every day, and that will offer some variety. They immediately backtracked on their statements, but I stood firm. They're all old enough to make their own lunch. Just tell me if you decide you need lunch money. My older kids grumbled, but they managed to make their own sandwiches. My husband was the biggest child of them all, complaining that the kids have the option of school lunch, that the school can't and won't let a kid go hungry. But work doesn't give a freak if he eats or not. I just kissed his cheek, and said there's bread and peanut butter in the kitchen. 
Not to mention, he can drive to McDonald's and get something he wants. He continued to get angry and slept in the basement last night. Am I the jerk? I think OP's not the jerk because they're just looking for a little appreciation here, right? Here they are doing stuff that honestly they don't have to do and a lot of parents make their kids make their own lunch and they're just dumping on their parent and not providing any solutions. Listen, if you want a fruit roll-up every day, just mention it. If that's what makes it not boring, if you want a Capri Sun, give them something that they can do to make it not boring rather than just say, ah, what do you make is boring. This next story is from Silly Mouse. Am I the jerk for refusing to give my window seat to someone's kid? Months ago, I booked a JetBlue flight from San Francisco to New York City and realized I accumulated enough points over the years to purchase a first class seat for free. I had the option to pick my seat and I always choose the window. Even when I'm flying economy, I always pay the extra fee to select seats in advance for one, to ensure I'm not kicked off when it's overbooked later and two, simply because I like the window seat. I'm a geography nerd and enjoy looking out the window. Anyway, the day of the flight comes and a woman and her two kids are assigned next to me in the first class cabin. The lady asked me if I could switch seats so her kid could have the window. If this was economy, I would probably switch so the kid could have the window, even though I would be miffed since I had selected it in advance and the mother didn't. However, I don't get to fly first class very often and was looking forward to this flight. So I simply said, no, sorry. The kid threw a fit. The mother gave me a glare and pretty much tried to guilt trip me into switching, but I just ignored her. I might be a jerk for refusing to give my first class window seat to a kid, but at the same time, every passenger has the option to choose their seats in advance. And if she wanted the window seat for her kid, she should have reserved it in advance. Plus, her kids are flying first class. Some people never get to fly first class in their lifetime. My friend thinks I'm the jerk, so I'm turning to you, Reddit. Am I the jerk? I think OP is absolutely not the jerk. I think if you pay for a seat, you deserve to get that seat, darn it. Good charity, bad charity, I don't care. Sorry kid, your mom doesn't love you enough to buy the window seat. Also guys, now is the best time to ask, what is the best seat on an airplane? Window, middle, or aisle? Because I am a staunch window believer, but I know not everybody agrees, let me know. This next story is from Not My House, AITA. Am I the jerk for refusing to pay rent to my boyfriend's mortgage if I move in with him? My boyfriend, 33-year-old male, and I, 29-year-old female, have been dating for three years. He owns a house and lives there by himself. I live in an apartment by myself. We've talked about moving in together, as that's the logical next step in our relationship, and we both want to do it. But I have some hang-ups related to moving into a house that I don't have any stake in. I'm refusing to pay any money that would go directly towards his mortgage. I don't have any stake in the house. Why would I contribute to his mortgage payments? I'm okay helping with utilities, groceries, household items, etc. But paying his mortgage is a hard no for me. I just don't think it makes any sense for me to pay towards his mortgage when I would get nothing from that if we were to break up. His argument is that I would essentially be living with him for free and it would cause an uneven dynamic in our payment towards shared living expenses, which I kind of get. But at the same time, he's the one benefiting from paying down the mortgage and gaining equity, not me. He also argued that his mortgage is pretty much exactly what I was paying in rent. So by cutting that in half, I'm saving a lot of money on living costs compared to living on my own. 
which, yeah, that's nice too, but legally, it's still not my house. I told him the only way I would pay money for rent is if he signs a contract with me, stating that any money I pay towards his mortgage will be paid back to me by him in the event that we break up. It would also allow me protection from eviction and other basic tenant rights, similar to a rental agreement. He's refusing to sign anything like that because, in his words, I could break up with him for no reason and then take him to court for thousands of dollars. Which I suppose is true, but I wouldn't just break up with him for no reason. The whole situation is driving a wedge between us and he's pissed at me for being so difficult when all he thinks he's asking is that we split living expenses 50-50 if we are to live together. To me, it's not that simple when he's the one owning the house we would live in. If I were on the title, it would be a different story, but he's not willing to put me on the title because he's lived there for 7 years already. My lease at my apartment is up in 2 months and I know I need to make a decision sooner than later. It doesn't help that my landlord's going to be increasing my rent and similar apartments in our area are going for even more than I'm currently paying. But I just don't feel right contributing money towards his mortgage. I also know that if I renew my lease, it's pretty much a dagger to our relationship, which I don't want because I do love him and see a future with him. I just want to make sure I'm protected. I can tell my boyfriend's patience on this is wearing thin and he's upset with me for digging my heels in on this. But for me, this is about protecting myself for the worst case scenario while he's not really risking anything. I think OP is a huge jerk on this, I'm not gonna lie. OP is going on and on about how this is protecting themselves, but this isn't protecting themselves, this is paying for a place to stay. Imagine how shattered OP's reality would be if they found out that any of their landlords at any place they've rented had a mortgage that they were paying on those properties. And we better darn sure make sure never to stay at an Airbnb because they could be paying mortgages on those and that's just unfair. You know, you just gotta protect yourself, right? Protect yourself from what? Being jealous that he owns a house that's being contributed towards? Yeah, it's going to his mortgage, but what's the alternative? You go and you pay a buttload more to hand the money over to somebody else. Yeah, you're really protecting yourself in that situation. Don't save the money because he's got a mortgage. Renew the more expensive lease and pay more money elsewhere. I don't mean to sound too harsh, but maybe it would save OP's boyfriend the trouble if they just went ahead and renewed the lease and dipped. This next story is from FluffyStrain6713. Am I the jerk for not wanting to attend a Game of Thrones themed wedding? My friend Lex is getting married soon. She and her husband are extreme Game of Thrones fans. They've watched the show 5 plus times. Their house is decked out with Game of Thrones themed decorations and accessories, etc. Because of their shared love of Game of Thrones, Lex and their fiancé decided to have a Game of Thrones themed wedding. I'm perfectly fine with the idea of a themed wedding. I'm even okay with the Game of Thrones dress and costume for the wedding. The only thing I can't seem to get behind is the fact that the majority of the wedding will be conducted in High Valerian. For those who don't know, it's a made up language from Game of Thrones. Her wedding is also a destination wedding, and I'm finding it hard to justify going out of my way to go to a wedding that's not even in a real language that I won't be able to understand. Am I the jerk if I don't go? I mentioned that I was having doubts to Lex, and she got really mad at me because I originally had said I could go before I knew it was in High Valerian. She's also been sending me links to learn High Valerian on Duolingo, and I feel like even if I did show up, 
she would be mad at me for not learning it. I think OP's not the jerk, not necessarily because of the high Valyrian thing, but just because they're not really obligated to attend any wedding. Especially a destination wedding, it's much easier to just say it's just unrealistic to make it. You can give them all your love, all the best, and just simply not go. You're not forced to go. Our next story is from Crab Legs and Prime. Am I the jerk for telling daughter I'm disappointed in her and won't take her out to a second restaurant? My daughters, 14 and 16, are on the same dance team. Their team won a competition on Sunday, and we were all so excited and proud of them. After the competition, my dad suggested we go out to eat and said he would pay for wherever we wanted. Older daughter, who loves seafood, has been asking for years to go to a restaurant that has unlimited crab legs. But it is a very pricey restaurant, so we've never been able to. She immediately suggested this restaurant. My dad liked the suggestion. My younger daughter suggested we go to her favorite restaurant, a local Mexican restaurant instead. We've been there many times as it's much more affordable. Knowing this would be a wasted opportunity, I said older daughter's suggestion made more sense because it was somewhere we'd never been. Younger daughter complained that she wouldn't like anything there, but I assured her the menu would have more than crab legs. We got there, and sure enough, there were many dishes that didn't have seafood, including steak, the youngest's favorite. Even though there were dishes without seafood, youngest daughter said she wasn't hungry because the restaurant smelled weird. I ordered her steak anyway. Younger daughter pouted throughout the meal. She picked at her steak. Older daughter was very happy and completely absorbed in the crab legs. My mom tried to talk to my younger daughter about the competition, but she wasn't responsive. At the end of the meal, we were all stuffed except for the youngest. My dad told everyone to pick a dessert to go, except for the youngest because she's clearly not hungry. I asked my dad to leave her alone and he did, but she was already upset. When we got home, I tried to talk to her. I explained that this was a rare opportunity and sometimes we need to let someone else have something nice. I told her I could have taken us to the Mexican restaurant this weekend. She said it's not the same because the restaurant we go to the night of the competition is special and we went somewhere she didn't like. I pointed out that she didn't know she didn't like it because she didn't try it. She said I know she hates seafood and that the restaurant's known for its seafood, so of course she wouldn't want to go there after a special event. She was annoyed all Monday and Tuesday but started to mellow on Wednesday. This morning she asked if we're going to the Mexican restaurant tomorrow. I said not this week because of her behavior, but we'll see next week. She wasn't happy. Am I being too hard on her? I think she was very rude to her grandparents, but I know when you're a teenager, everything feels like a bigger deal than it is. Should I have just let her behavior slide and taken her to the Mexican restaurant? I'm definitely not a parenting expert. But I think OP is not the jerk here, and I think what they've done here is actually really good. I'm of the opinion that you should not enable that kind of behavior at all, unless you want to foster a kid that grows up to be pouty and complaining and moody for multiple days just so they can get what they want. You don't want to condition a kid who's just coming into their own to ever repeat that kind of behavior. Even when they're done being moody, that doesn't mean everybody else moves along with them. Our next story is from Beauty Songstorm. Am I the jerk for telling my mom her stepdaughter is possessive and she needs to do better to keep her away from me? My mom married Jeff when I was 6 years old. My dad died 2 months earlier, but my parents were divorced at the time. 
Jeff and his daughter Emma lived in another state, and all four of us moved to a new place to start over. I met Jeff and Emma two weeks after my dad died. Mom made a fast move because she now could with dad not able to stop her. Right from the get-go, Emma's been clingy, possessive, and kind of a little creepy too. I didn't like her from the first day we met because she told me Jeff was my dad now and that I needed to learn how to be a family with them because she wanted a sister and a mom. It upset me so bad because I was missing my dad. He wasn't gone that long, and I had this strange girl telling me to replace him already. I told her that her dad wasn't my dad, and I missed my dad. She told me she didn't care and things were different. I went to my mom, who told me to give Emma and Jeff a chance, and said Emma likely got overexcited. Emma has continuously made life so awkward for me. She insisted we share a bedroom, which my mom and Jeff said yes to despite having a spare bedroom. She started wearing my clothes and telling me I could wear hers. All fine with mom and Jeff. She hated how I kept in touch with my best friend from back home. Hated it even more when a year later, my best friend's family moved nearby and we got to see each other again, versus just talking over the phone. She was rude to her, told her to leave me alone, told me I had to spend time with her instead of my best friend. Emma tore up photos of my dad and told me that he was the past and her and Jeff were the future. She did get into trouble for that, but then I got into trouble for not letting it go. I was nine at the time, I think. Emma tells everyone I'm her sister and we're so close, whereas I'm more honest with people I'm close to and don't hold back on how unhappy I am at home. Over the years, nothing's changed much, only she's far more obsessive now. Jeff doesn't like me because he really doesn't like that I don't consider him my dad. And I'll be honest, I don't think of him as a parental figure even though I know he is. I don't love him and I hate Emma, which he also knows. My mom's talked to me before about being nicer to Emma and to stop pushing her away so much. She got on my case again about it because I wouldn't go to camp with Emma. We're both 16 now, by the way, that she wanted to go to that allowed almost like a sibling-like experience. So mom was mad at me and yelled at me and I eventually kind of snapped and told mom that she needed to fix how possessive Emma is and do better by me because I'm her daughter, I lost my dad, and she threw me into such a screwed up dynamic and never cared about what it did to me. I told her at the very least she needs to keep Emma away from me. Mom was mad and said I portrayed Emma like some sort of bad person. She's still mad. Am I the jerk? I don't think OP's a jerk here. OP explained it the best when they said that they got tossed into a very tumultuous situation that really any kid at that age going through those circumstances would find it probably very hard to adjust. I'm just left feeling bad for OP. And our final story of the day is from Zmore Wits. Am I the jerk for being angry at my wife for not making a dinner? We have a 10-month-old daughter, wife's on parental leave, so usually she's taking care of the baby while I work. Then we switch, then in the evening she puts the baby to bed, and I spend the night with her. Daughter, as in I feed her, change her, calm her down when she wakes up, etc. Now on Saturday, wife got diagnosed with shingles, so she's quarantined from the baby, as in they don't have any contact at all. She feels 100% fine other than the spots on her back. So Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, we had a public holiday, so no work. I spend 100% with the baby, while wife did various housework. We managed to find a nanny for my work hours for the rest of the weekdays. On a Wednesday, wife comes into my office and room, remote work. 
and tells me to finish up the dinner as she's going to get her nails done. So I spent an hour in the kitchen making dinner for us and the baby. Nanny stayed a bit longer while I made dinner, then spend the rest of the day taking care of the baby. Now, I was pretty angry when she said she didn't have the time to finish the dinner. I mean, I work 8 hours, then spend the rest of the time taking care of the baby, and she didn't have the time to make dinner for the baby? Really? Now she's angry at me for getting angry at her, and I wonder whether I was not fair. I think OP's being the jerk in this situation. Could they have gotten the dinner done? Yeah, probably so, but considering the circumstances, considering how tired they have to be, considering the shingles and the constant being a mom, if you gotta make a dinner one day, it might suck, but you don't need to blow up over it. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another Am I the Jerk Here story that was way crazier than any of the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.